I want to say it was either 2000 or 2001, Furbies had just taken over America. <laughs> uh, if you remember Furbies, they're like the small, I'd say eight to nine inch tall bird hamsters. I think, yeah, you know, bird hamsters are a pretty good way to describe it. I've never really thought about it. Like They have two big eyes, two big ears, one tiny beak with a tongue and little feet, no arms. It was it was a bad toy. It sucked. Everybody knows what a Furby is, right? I don't have to I think we know what I think everybody knows what a Furby is. I, I sure I sure I sure hope so. But uh we lived we lived with my grandparents at the time and uh I had left the Furby on in my room while we were like out for the day. Was there an option to turn Furbies off? I thought they were just kind of like always alive. No, I'm pretty sure they had like a little switch that you could flick if you wanted to put your Furby to bed. Um, but I, I came home. I couldn't find my Furby anywhere. And my grandpa was pissed. He was furious because apparently he had been alone, you know, home all day and he couldn't figure out where this little voice is coming from. This thing's talking to him. He's like rummaging through the house. He's ripping the house apart, trying to find the thing. He finally finds the Furby in my room. He can't figure out how to turn it off either. So he essentially puts it in my dresser, my top dresser drawer and slams it in there. <laughs> the, the Furby is smushed, like completely smushed because he can't figure out how to fucking kill this thing. <laughs> He's running around haunted. I come home to a completely destroyed Furby. <laughs> I feel like everybody's got a haunted Furby story. I I feel I feel like every child who had a Furby was at one point haunted by it or it haunted somebody in the family. They don't belong. <laughs> also, did you did you know there's a person on Etsy who makes long Furbies? Oh my god, I love them so much. <laughs> They're so creepy. Think, They're awful. <laughs> I think we need to invest in one as a pod, pod mascot. We need a long Furby for the show. Oh, I would love a custom <laughs> long Furby. How do they make the skins for them? I don't know, but we'll find out when we order when we order ours. <laughs> uh, yeah, but seriously though, everybody has a haunted Furby story. I also have a one that was like that. Like I couldn't, like my Furby wouldn't turn off. I didn't like the the eyes. The eyes always freaked me out. The ones that they only like, moved side to side. Little shifty, shifty eyed assholes. They moved side to side, but they had eyelids. Like the blinking. They is did what have eyelids. Yeah. They're freaky little, freaky little monsters, but in my opinion, made better when they're long. Oh, without a doubt. You know, at least they're, you know, you can, it's, it increases their creepy factor, but they're, it just pushes them into the, because right now, regular Furbies, they just exist sort of like on the border and it's like, they're, they're too much in the uncanny valley. Yeah. I think it's the shape of the Furby. Yeah. I think it's because they're like Pokemon shaped. Like when they're long like that, they look like they have so much more autonomy over their own life. <laughs> <laughs> like they're in charge when yeah, they're, they're long. they're far more independent. and ghouls thank you for joining us once again at the devil's cut podcast and all things horror podcast i'm matt young and i'm here as always with 
Eric Rossi, my co-host. How you doing today, Rossi? I'm good. Feeling good. Feeling good? Good start to a new year. You know, so far the world hasn't come and taken a shit on me. So, you know, things are going great. Well, it's only been, you know, uh, so many days. Just give it time. Eight days is, it's building up to something. Any day now. <laughs> but no, yeah, it is a, it is a good, uh, good kickoff uh, to the new year. Uh, first horror movie of the year. Well, I'm sure maybe another horror movie came out, but this is the first one we're reviewing. So <laughs> this is the important one. Yeah. So today, uh, y'all, we're talking about Megan or Mithrigan, if you're uh, reading the... <laughs> nobody no one no one has ever even attempted to say it like that incorrect i just don't like when we use letters like it like le- you know i don't like when we use uh like numbers replaced as letters if we're not like if this was megan three then i w- then it would be okay you know uh okay you need it to be a gimmick because now if we get a third megan movie what are we gonna do yeah where are we gonna put that three <laughs> we've we've already uh, as far as like marketing we we we're back into a corner now now it's there's gonna be two threes in it people are gonna get confused because you know they're gonna get confused because people maybe they'll do it like alien so we have megan and then we'll have megan's megan's <laughs> oh do, well we're gonna get we're gonna get to that uh as we we go through this movie because i've got some i got some questions um but you that makes a good that, that's a good point so today we're talking about Megan. I'm sure you guys have seen the TikTok dances. You've seen the videos. Uh, it's a uh, AI gone wrong uh, movie. So it is co-written by the by horror's best boy James Wan uh, and uh, Akila Cooper, who is another uh, really really great writer. I mean, this movie pretty much confirmed it. But she was also a writer on Malignant. Um, she did like uh, some stuff on. The Luke Cage, uh, Witches of East End. She did uh, some writing for American Horror Story. So she, you know, she's been around. And as far as I know, this one was more her than it was James Wan. But yeah. Yeah. According to an interview with him, he was talking about how he had a little bit of like, you know, hands on it, like in the beginning stages. But it seems primarily yeah, like her work. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Written written by James Wan, Akila Cooper, directed by Gerard uh, John Stoke and uh, starring, I mean, a, a real, a real heater of a cast. We've got Allison Williams. She, she's like one of my favorite actresses uh, to just pop up. She's not like a huge star, but when I see her, I'm like, oh fuck yeah, Allison Williams. You would, y'all would know her from Get Out. Um, she was also in one of my favorite like Netflix horror movies called The Perfection. Oh, she was in that. Yeah, she's the main character in in The Perfection. Um, and she's just she's just really really good. She I think horror is her space. She should st- stay around here because she she's always good. And then we have um uh, one of one of the horror's uh, little darlings, Violet McGraw from Hill House fame. But yeah, it looks like she was in Doctor Sleep. Uh, some movie. She separation. was in Doctor Sleep. She dies at the. She's the very first kill in Doctor Sleep. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she. Um, she was it in Black Widow as one of the kid flashbacks. Black Widow's sister, as a young, she's the kid version of Black Widow. Hmm. How? I guess just general feelings. How did? How do you feel about it? Before we get into like spoiler territory for the uh for the people. I, I, I don't think it's a particularly original opinion, but it it was it was fun. It was just so much fun. Wow, like I've never I heard didn't that realize I, I didn't realize this was a PG thirteen movie until I was watching it. I don't know. It was just a blast. Like it, it didn't have to go too far 
into like any direction to make it particularly more horrifying or more funny. It just like rode that perfect balance of like nice and dry humor over like unsettling, uncomfortable realities. <laughs> uh, it, it just had a blast. I thought I thought I was laughing the whole time. It was yeah. I I totally agree. It you know it it was scary. Uh, but not too scary, you know, it was, there was some good kills, some good blood. I knew it was PG-13, like, going in, um, which I know can be, like, a turnoff for, for a lot of horror people, you know, that they see that PG-13. I know, the only reason to turn off for me is because I know there's gonna be a bunch of shit-ass kids in the theater when I go. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I, the kid thing blew my, I, there were, like, little, little kids in this theater. That's why I didn't understand what the fuck was going on. Well, I was like, uh, all right, it might be PG-13, but like what part about this movie made you go, oh, this one's for the children? Well, it's it's <laughs> what? it's funny because I told you when I went to go see Violent Night, uh, there was kids in that theater. And when we got out of the theater, you know, they had like I told you about this one kid, you know, we get out of Violent Night. And I mean, it's I mean, it, it is a bloody movie. It's not a scary movie, although I've seen a lot of horror podcasts and stuff cover it, I guess, just because. You know, there's not a lot of Christmas stuff going on for horror, um, but like we, it's it's like a bloody fucking movie. Like there's a, the end of the movie is so gory. We get out of the theater and this little kid is just like walking. He's doing this like slow, just like death march out of the theater. Like he looks, he, his eyes are like his pupils are like dilated. He just looks. He looked so shaken. By what he had just seen. And I'm like, mom. Complete loss of innocence. Yeah, I'm like, mom, what did you do to this child? Why would you bring him to this? It, so it's, it doesn't surprise me at all that you also had a bunch of little kids in Megan. Although I feel like I'm it's maybe. Like five and six year olds. Like these kids were so young. I feel like it's maybe more forgivable because you see the trailer. Like Violet Knight's trailer was clearly like this movie's going to be gory. It's not for kids. But Megan, I don't know. There was less uh, to to tip off parents to that. I don't know. Maybe it's still not forgivable because you. Sh- I mean, it's twenty twenty three. Parents should know what what the movies are about these days. I could maybe forgive it for like eighties and nineties parents, but yeah, like come did on. people bring kids to see Chucky? Honestly, I mean, probably. I wasn't alive there was when it probably came out, but like <laughs> there was probably a, a couple guys doing a podcast in the eighties. And they were like, yo, I just went to Chucky and there was like 60 kids in there. It was crazy. <laughs> you know, those 80s podcasts we all know and love. Um, but no, so yeah, it, it's just, it's a good movie. Don't let the PG-13 rating scare you off or, or make you go, I don't want to see it. It's, it's really fun. Uh, it like perfect level of campiness. Like the movie, like all the actors and actresses, they, they are just, they're, they're committed 100%. They know what they're making. Like it, they're all having a good time. It, it's it's campy. It's funny. But there's also some like really heavy topics too that get handled. I think pretty pretty well. It, it's just overall like a really solid, uh, solid script, solid story. The uh, the cinematography is fantastic. Um, it's good stuff. And also, I'm so glad that <laughs> there's like no CG involved. Uh, well, there's a little CG, a but li- there's not a little like, bit, but like not, not like there's not an 
gratuitous amount. Right. It is a lot of practical effects. Yes, I, I'm just glad Megan was not like a, a CG. I'm glad the actors weren't like looking at a tennis ball like the whole movie, you know? Yeah. The fact yeah, that they, they just had, used um, like a real a real girl in a creepy mask was, I think, the, the best move they could have made. Well, they had three Megan. They had a puppet Megan, and then they had an animatronic Megan, and then, and then they, they had, had a, a stunt And then they had stun Megan, who... Oh, and then they just use CG just to kind of like blend and bridge the gaps on them. Right. But like, yeah, it's a lot of, you know, tangible, practical effects. Yeah. But yeah. Which uh, is exactly what we want. Oh, and one one thing that I did find out for uh, to touch back on the people who might be uh, put off by the PG-13 rating. Apparently, uh, uh, the the writer, um, Akilah Cooper, has said that they're uh, the original, you know, film like the original cut was way gorier and way more intense um and we may at some point get an unrated version that that gives us all of the the extra you know extra kills and blood and gore that we so i think that's hilarious because i was watching a different interview with james wan and jason blum mm-hmm. and they said almost the exact opposite they were really? like oh no <laughs> We all we just made a good movie. We had no idea it was gonna be PG thirteen or R. We just set out to make a good movie, and uh, I'm pretty sure it was in the Dead Meat interview. Uh, James was like, "So is there like a bloodier, gorier cut of this?" And they both kind of laughed and like, "Oh no, no, this is all we have." <laughs> yeah, but it's, that's great news. Yeah, cause I would love to see. I would love to see a little bit more going <laughs> on. Like it definitely for theatrical release was more than enough but you know we're sickos here so we want to we want to see it dripping down the walls spraying out of eyeballs whatever you got yeah yeah well e- either way i mean the movie's worth seeing but i do i do hope that the, the what i've read from from cooper is is true and we may one day see a because uh, i just want to see this movie in a different light you know like give, give me a little mm-hmm. get it get a little uh, grimier with it uh just i just want to see what it's like you know but I mean, it gives them room to grow, too. Like If they do, you know, intend on making more of these, it, it gives them kind of, a, you know, a, yeah. a place to escalate from. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I guess uh, so that's our like spoiler free, you know, just our, our, our opinions on the movie. We obviously both like it. Um, but now we're going to get into kind of we're going to try our best to go through the, the synopsis of the movie, just kind of go over things. Uh, it is a brand new movie and there's no way for us to really like uh re like re have like a, a synopsis of it because we can't find like a script or anything anywhere so uh anybody who has we seen were unable to take notes yeah uh, there were it was a it was a crowded theater on both parts yeah we didn't get a chance to see it a second time and we can't find a synopsis anywhere so forgive us if you've seen the movie and you just want to hear us talk about it and we maybe miss things or get things out of order we'll do our best you know but just bear with us here we go megan the, so the movie starts off with a commercial, right, for what is essential, essentially Furbies. Yeah, they're called Pur, like P-U-R, Perpetual Pets. They're, and they are, they're like so, I mean, it's obviously Furbies because they look just enough like them. We're like, all right, we get what's going on here. But they are awful. They're, and they're like sassy, like, because they speak. That's the one thing. Furbies had kind of like their own little language, you know. It was like sort of gibberish, but sort of also real words. But these things are just like sassy asshole little Furbies that just hang out with you. And then, um, what do you do? You remember what the name of the company 
uh, that they that that is featured in this movie is I, I don't remember the like toy company. It's a it's a made up one. It's not like Hasbro or something. Although there is sh- I can't remember there off is, the top of my head. There is shade, Hasbro does exist in the world. There is shade thrown at Hasbro though later in the movie, which I thought was funny. I just looked it up by the way. Furbies do have their own language. It's called Furbish, and there's a 42 word um, translation for you if you want it. I don't, but thank you for letting me know. Um, I'll email it. Uh, sp- uh, sp- spooky fiance Heather sent me a note. She said it's Funky is the name of the company, hmm. but uh. Thank you. With a PH? No, with a F. Mm. Um, but yeah, so we get a commercial for these fun, fun, stupid Furby things. It like sort of transitions to like a shot of one of these Furbies in the backseat of a car. This is where we get the introduction to the main one of the main characters, uh, Violet McGraw's character, Katie. And she's in the backseat of a car. Uh, her parents are driving. They're in like an insane snowstorm. Like, Full whiteout. <laughs> it gave me anxiety because I hate I hate driving in the snow. <laughs> and this is yeah, it's like a full. They're in like the they're in the biggest blizzard you've ever seen. It's like you can't see anything outside the car. It's just fucking snow. And I'm like, why are we doing this? Uh, and the parents. Are- <laughs> I was cracking up. The parents are fighting about it, and the mom's like. I, I, you know, uh, we should have put t- chains on the tires. And the dad's like, we just learned that that was a thing three minutes ago. Like, I, what am what I? What a good line. I thought that was so, I thought that was so funny. He's like, you and I, neither of us knew that existed or was a thing until 10 minutes ago. So stop. But yeah, the parents are fighting. The little girl is like, uh, she's on. Oh, that's another funny thing. She's on her iPad, but she's like doing things with the Furby thing. Yeah, so that's how you interact with the toy. You have yeah. to use like a separate interface to kind of like feed the the doll and play yeah, with you it. You feed it digitally, but then it shits out physically like little pellets, which I thought was another funny <laughs> um because I, I always thought those toys were like so weird when we were kids, like the baby dolls that, that like shit that. and pissed Why? everywhere. <laughs> Why do you need a pretend dog that shits candy? Like I don't <laughs> No, oh, I wasn't even talking about the pretend dogs. I was talking about literal like the the baby dolls that would like piss everywhere and like poop. And it's like, why Wait, this heinous? <laughs> but um, yeah, so and the mom has a funny line where she's like, why? What's the point of a toy if you have to play with it on the iPad? And then the dad's like, it's this is this is the way of the future. But yeah, these parents are just like arguing with each other. Um, uh, the 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 daughter is like uh, just hanging out, having a good time with her stupid Furby toy. And then uh, the mom is like, oh, you just stop. Just pull over and stop. Like, we, we, we're going to crash. Something's going to happen. And so this is one of those, you know, scenes it is in so many movies where you're expecting one of these shots where you can see out the side of, of the, either the passenger or the driver's side. You kind of, it goes back and forth and you're like, all right, a car is going to T-bone them in like a second. Because they keep showing this, you know. Yeah, you thought T-Bone was coming. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Because it's one of those I've been trained at this point. Because I've seen that shot about 18 billion times, you know, (laughs) now. And so I'm like, okay. And then they're going to get, someone's going to come in from the side. (laughs) But they did it. They, they, they did a twist on me. The, the, they actually just get straight head on plowed into by (laughs) what is like the largest vehicle I've ever seen. It's I it's they claim it's a snowplow. It's like a C, but it's like a CGI uh like thing that comes in fr- it like it comes out of the the whiteout, you know, at the last second and, you know, plows into the car. 
but it, it is like dramatized so much that it looks like just this behemoth vehicle that it, that has come to take the life of, of Katie's parents. Like it's 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 so big. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, so it, we get like a, a shot of this car right before it, it makes impact. There's like a loud noise, cut to black, uh, skip ahead a little bit. Katie's parents have died. Very sad. Yeah, you don't survive. You don't survive the head on collision. No, not in a horror movie. <laughs> With the snow plow. Not when there's a little girl to be traumatized after. Um, so yeah, her Katie's parents die. Um, cut. And then we cut to... Uh, Allison Williams character Gemma. Uh she is a like some sort of like uh, engineer. Uh she works for this toy company. She actually designs the stupid ugly annoying Furby thing. Yeah, she works for She works for the the Funky it? company uh or you know, she works Funky Toys. She, yeah, she works for the for this, you know, fictional toy company and she's working on I mean, we all know what it's going to be. She's working on this on Megan, this big this life-size robot girl um and she's like in the middle of working with her two like engineer partners uh were cole and tess i believe are their names dude i love this this pair honestly cole played by this guy brian jordan alvarez i've been following him on youtube for like really years i'm not familiar with him he's so funny i like he must have gotten like all of his speaking line cut but he has like five words that he utters throughout this whole thing. But they're the all funny. It is just him reacting, making faces, kind of making little noises. He's every cut, he's every like shot he's in, he's cracking me up. He steals the show for me. The other partner is <clears throat> Jen Van Epps, who last seen in No Exit, which we talked about uh, for the for the Christmas. Who was she in No Exit? Uh, it was a small role. She was like a, the, the detective that was like hanging out early in the movie. Um, she wasn't one of like the main cast, but she was in it. So a little, a little uh, continuity for us uh, on the on the Devil's Cut podcast. Interesting. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but she's in lots of other stuff. She was she was also very funny. Um, but yeah, so cut to to Gemma and and Tess and Cole. They're working on Megan. They're working on Megan, and they get a delivery that uh, Cole brings in, and they're all like. Is that what I think it is? Is that what I think it is? <laughs> and it's like the silicon face of Megan. The, like 3D silicon uh like mask that goes over like the uh, the skeleton of like uh Yeah, because when you see her, she's just like this like bronze like like you know like Da Vinci's like the uh the form of man the, thing. The Vitruvian. Yeah, man. Yes. <laughs> she, she's like spread out like that and she's just not, she's just like a bronze muscular like skeleton of a robot. We don't see that form very very for very long, but uh yeah, they put the like the little silicon mask over her and then yeah, cuz this is when comedian Ronnie Chang shows up and he's very funny in this movie. Oh my god, he's he's like Putting on the you know tech titan, uh, middle management, uh, shithead role like so perfectly. He's screaming in every scene. He's freaking out the whole time. What's so funny about it is like it, it it's funny because it's a toy company. You know, like the way he's acting is as if it was like you know they were like in that show billions, like trading like a multi billion dollar <laughs> like like stock exchange thing. But like it's just it's, well. 
I mean, look at their workspace. The place looks like a fucking car manufacturing plant. Dude, like, I would and, love, and, I was thinking about that. There's a scene later where we see like more of the, the place and I'm like, yo, it would be so fun to work here. <laughs> she's got Megan like strung up on this like apparatus. Like she's about to bring like Iron Man to life. It really, it was very, <laughs> it was very Starkian. <laughs> Just the whole like underbuild of Megan it looks so insanely complicated. Right. I, I just don't understand how you could possibly develop this thing in secret. Right. Yeah. So the whole the whole thing is she's Gemma and the crew are supposed to be like just making a new iteration that's cheaper, like and less complicated of the Furby thing, which I thought was really funny because they were like, well, instead of making a less complicated perpetual pet, what we're gonna do is uh just create the next stage of. <laughs> human evolution and create like a full-on ai automaton <laughs> yeah let's just build skynet right, and then right. Put it's it like, in this. she's like a fucking terminator and i'm like how did you do this the three of you and in secret <laughs> clearly you guys didn't talk that much about the logistics of this in development no, like, they never once there's like about a moral it. quandary and like a little bit of a you know should we be doing this and it's like Dude, you should have been asking that face before you built a titanium little girl. Right. Like you, right. You, you're putting. Oh, right. She is made of titanium because we get a song later. Just so but, crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's so wild. I mean, for for two reasons, too, because, yeah, like the robot itself, the skeleton, skeleton, you know, the structure of Megan is insanely complicated. Like you said, it looks like Tony Stark, you know, was making it. And honestly, he might have trouble constructing Megan. Yeah, it looks like a little baby Iron Man suit. It looks crazy. The, the, the second part of her is their whole AI that, that she it, like her her whole programming is like the fact that they never even like thought about it. It's like almost like they didn't even know what AI was. <laughs> they they a leading expert in toy design and AI would never put these things together. They would, they would just never happen. They'd be like, well, this is a problem. I've read Asimov's theories. Yeah. This is not going to happen. Right. <laughs> it's insane. Uh, but, but, but in a good way we're, we, you know, it might sound like we're, we're, we're throwing shade at the movie, but it's just a funny observation, it, but it is all for all for the best because we wouldn't, if they, if they made the correct choice, we wouldn't have this movie. But Ronnie busts into the studio yeah, Ron, Ronnie Chang, who plays David, the, the CEO or, or whatever of the company, he busts in. Also with, uh, with his like, like little, little uh, bitch assistant, Kurt. His little nebbish assistant. Nebbish, yeah. nebbish. What a good word. Eric throwing out the, uh, the vocab. I know words. I know a few. I have a couple. David like throws a shit fit because he needs his new cheap Furby. And there's there's a competitor who's put out a pretty much complete knockoff of their product. Yeah, and uh, and, and <laughs> its butt lights up when it when it. Oh yeah, its butt changes colors. So like we get to we get to watch the commercial for this knockoff product after we've just seen their commercial, and uh, it's pretty much the exact same thing. It's the same like you know five easy payments of nineteen ninety five or whatever type of mm-hmm. shitty toy commercial you see on. It's got these like plastic butt cheeks on the back and like they change colors and it's like part of the song that like look at his butt when his mood changes it's just so yeah they have a little funny. jingle for it it is really funny honestly though i i kind of do like the knockoff toy that seems like something you would actually 
see. Yeah, it. yeah. It looks way more reasonable. Because like, the whole thing is like, you know, Gemma, Allison Williams' character, she's like this, she's all about creating like the most high-tech toys. She's like, cost be damned. Like, I'm going to make the, the most advanced toys possible. And I'm like, you should probably be like working at SpaceX or something. Yeah, she, there's no way she should be working at this fucking company. She needs to go work for like, the people who are making those robot dogs with the assault rifles yeah. on the back. But you can, you, but there, there are like reasons that are kind of like uh, explained why she might be working for this toy company. Like she's clearly like, she's, she's an antisocial woman, but like, she like really likes toys. She has like a huge toy collection at home. Like you can tell that like, she's just a little, little nerd girl, you know, who just wants to make cool, mm -hmm. cool toys. And so I can understand, but she probably should not be working here still. Her skills are way too advanced. She's way overqualified to be working at fucking this stupid toy company. But so they do, uh, they get, they start to get in trouble, uh, the crew. And then they're like, but wait, wait, you know, don't be mad, David. Like, just look at what we're doing here. You know, I know we're supposed to be making our stupid Furby thing, but just, just watch Megan, you know, like watch her. Look what we can do. They put the mat silicone mask on her and fucking stupid Cole. Immediately, there's like a malfunction, and like the like Megan's like head explodes, and it Cole's like, "Oh, I forgot to put this like really important piece in." I'm like, "Well, <laughs> like this, how long did it take to create this extremely advanced robot, and you forgot to put the head don't explode piece in?" Yeah, these people aren't big on checklists. <laughs> like, what, it's like some come on, polymer Cole. gap thing. It's supposed to like insulate the parts so that like yeah. the 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 face doesn't melt into all the metal. Uh, I have to say, arc reactors inside of Megan. Like, what the fuck is she? What? Why is she ten thousand degrees? Yeah, I yeah, I don't know. It's it, it, only Tony Stark would be able to answer the, that question for us. Maybe Reed Richards. Yeah. So they're the the little like the test goes wrong. Uh, they they get put on a deadline or else they're fired. You know, to make a new stupid Furby thing. Oh, also that we get a shot of the of the perpetual pets, like some like uh, e art for them, like a poster with all the different versions of them. And there is one that's just like a cheeseburger. And I was like, fuck, I actually really oh, want man. that one. <laughs> I was like, I missed that completely. That's funny. It was like my eye went right to it. And I went, I want that cheeseburger Furby thing because that <laughs> looks fantastic. So if uh, I hope I, I hope maybe in 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 the Megan sequel maybe we'll see more of them. <laughs> I, maybe I can get one. Yeah. So they're so they're the group is in trouble. They they're they're on a deadline and Megan has to be you know scrapped. We we can't work on her anymore. Even though that's clearly not going to happen. Um, but this is when Gemma gets the phone call that uh, her sister, uh, who is Katie's mom, has died uh, along with Katie's dad. They've been plowed flat. They've been plowed flat, and Katie's, like, fucked up. She's in the hospital. Uh, and Gemma has to, like, rush to the hospital. I don't know how close. There's, like, no correlate. Like, I have no idea how close or how far she has to drive for this, but, like, yeah, she rushes to the hospital, to, and then eventually, so the, that's the setup. Now Katie is under the guardianship of Gemma. She takes her to her, her aunt. Yeah, her, who's her aunt, uh, and she, she takes her home. Uh, everything sorts to sort of calm down a little bit. Katie's recovered enough to, to be let out of the hospital. And we pull up. It's like daytime she's, now. 
She's got a really nice house. She has it. Well, yeah, because she's. She has like a fucking crazy nice house. Yeah, because. For a toy engineer. But, but she's the toy engineer who's like creating Iron Men's and stuff. Like, of course, she's going to have a nice house. Her paychecks are probably enormous. Her royalties for all these things she's created are must be like. She's got money coming oh, out her ass. You think she's getting royalties on those fucking. Uh, of course. For real friends. Whatever they are. She's Gemma's <laughs> smart enough to negotiate a contract that'll get a royalties for the for the Furbies, all right? There's no way. <laughs> she wouldn't. But yeah, we so we get we get them home and this is where we meet um Celia, who is uh, Gemma's neighbor, played by Lori Dungy, who is I looked her up, she is in every Power Rangers ever. Wow, oh my god, look at all these. <laughs> For whatever reason, this woman is like what? a Power Rangers staple. <laughs> Looks like she gets a lot of voice acting. Yeah, lots of voice but acting. Yeah, here she is, Gamatron, voice, Miss Bell, Memorella, <laughs> voice, computer, voice, Czar, voice. Yeah, Cra- Screamer, Crazar, voice. Screamer, Beeville. Lewis Bloom, <laughs> Miss Potter. Wow, good for her. Yeah, and she was also in Cowboy Bebop, apparently. The the re uh, the, I think the live action one. Oh, she was in Xena, Princess Warrior, and Hercules. Wow, she was the Mad Medicine one. Wow, yeah, she's been she's been around. I mean, there's quite a gap between Hercules and Xena, and then like, 2005 Power Rangers. But you know, but yeah, so she plays uh Celia, the neighbor. Uh, there's a like Gemma has a there's a fence separating their houses, but there's like a hole in it. Even though the hole really shouldn't make much of a difference because it's it just blocks off the sides of the house because there's this dog. <laughs> Celia Celia has this dog that, like, it, it is a, a complete terror. And honestly, I only felt a little bad, spoiler alert, uh, when this dog died because usually in horror movies, I go, oh, no, the dog. But this dog was an asshole. So it actually, like... Really? I thought they did not do nearly a good enough job making this dog feel like an asshole. I was like, this is just a normal-ass dog. This well, is just an outside dog. Well, this is not an inside dog. I might also be biased because I'm still traumatized from when I got attacked by a dog uh, on my brief stint working for Amazon, you know? So I, I didn't have any sympathy for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But yeah, so they ha- she has this outside dog that, that just apparently like runs rampant like over the neighborhood and is always in Gemma's yard and stuff shitting in her driveway. So it scares the shit out of them. And then like Celia calls it back and Gemma's like, Celia, keep your fucking dog out of my yard. And she's like, well, why don't you fix the fence? And again, this is where it comes up because it's like, well, the fence, the hole in the fence doesn't mean anything because all the, the fence only blocks the sides of the house. The dog could just go around the other side of the fence, which it probably would. (laughs) <laughs> the distance between the end of the fence and the hole in the fence is about one dog length. Like, right? It would like, just go right around. Yeah, it, 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 ins- insane logic for her to be like, well, if you only fix the fence. And I'm like, well, see, uh, yeah. And it's so funny because like the, the two of them like are kind of like at first I thought they were friends that were just like sassing each other, you know, <laughs> but but that's clearly <laughs> made not the case a little bit later in the movie. But yeah, she the, the the interaction they had, you can tell they've had this talk like a million times because it's so like Celia is so mean about everything. Like th- she's also spraying like um you know like weed killer and uh it's like leaking into like 
Yeah, Miss Yard and Gemma's like, and also, could you not, like, spray your poison into my yard? And I forget what she says here, but she says, like, another snotty comment back to her. I'm like, wow, lady, why don't you just, like, be, like, a considerate neighbor? How about that? Yeah, yeah. How about you just <laughs> not? It's so funny. Um, And then, so we, you know, we meet her, and then the, we get into the house. Katie is, Violet McGraw does a great job of being the saddest little girl in this movie. Yeah. She's so, so sad. Good reason. Yeah, good kid actor. Yeah. Great kid actor. She's fantastic. She, you know, and she gets into the house and she's like, I don't know what to do. She but she sees that Gemma has all these cool like action figures and stuff, uh, like on a shelf and she wants to go play with them, but Gemma's like, she's one of these people. She goes, that, Oh no. They're not action figures, they're, <laughs> they're collectibles. collectibles. <laughs> she's one of those people who has like all these like collectible toys that no one's allowed to touch or play with. I can't throw any stones from my house made exclusively of Gundam models. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's that's fair. I understand. I mean, I have lots, too. But I mean, if I, you know, I have lots of collectibles. But if my niece, whose parents were just brutally run over by if a snowplow, just die. Like, I would be like, yeah, we can play with the toys. Like, it's fine. You know, I'd make that sacrifice. But Gemma is very hesitant, too. Um, You can tell, you know, her, Gemma's character is very solitary and very she's like set in her ways like she has like an order of operations for how everything in life like works you know mm-hmm. uh, and, and her and the this introduction of katie into it is brought chaos and she is not doing very well with it. no she is she is, clearly has a system with her life and mm-hmm. adding a child who's super traumatized it doesn't really mesh well in her system and it's like very evident just by her guest room that like <laughs> she's not prepared for this kind of you know intrusion into her life and this new responsibility she has like she puts her up in this guest room and there's like a shitty like peloton ripoff uh like a, an exercise ball and i think like a cot like it's barely even a bed yeah it's very it's very funny there's a funny moment right as they're going to bed where <laughs> she's like oh I, are you going to read me a story and Gemma's like Ah, I don't have any. <laughs> yeah, she, I don't have any kids books. books. And it's like, bitch, you could fucking make anything up. You, right. you don't know a single kid story. Your entire job revolves around entertaining children with products. You don't know a single kid story, <laughs> right? But it is funny because she's like, I, I did like the uh, that scene because then she goes, but you know what? I can just, uh, I can just download one, and. But then she, she's like ready to There's read a, a story. Pause. But then she goes, oh, "Just have to uh, update the app." You know, it was just such a funny little, little like interaction where she's like, "Oh yeah, I'll I'll download you a story." Oh, oh gotta update. Uh, and then it just cuts. This little interaction though, like, really encapsulates their relationship perfectly because throughout the rest of the movie, it, the the entire relationship is based around Gemma attempting to find ways to occupy Katie instead of just like interacting with her and like interfacing with her like as a human to another human mm-hmm. like this is y- your niece and you don't know how to talk to her you don't know how to interact with her because like she's sitting there staring at the phone watching the phone update and Je- and uh Katie is staring at Gemma yeah she's just like you could just put the phone down and, and talk you could just like talk to two her. minutes like it, it yeah like it's just so so sad it is really sad uh and it's great great acting from both both uh actresses it's re- it really is a good scene the, the next relevant scene is um there's a meeting 
with like the social worker or uh, like child psychologist uh, that comes to see if Gemma is like a suitable guardian and you get like a a, a funny this is where we get the funny another really funny scene where (coughs) the psychologist is like why don't we um you know I just need to interact you know see you two interact I just need to observe uh why don't we play uh with, with oh look at all these toys why don't we play with these and then Katie goes those aren't toys. Those are collectibles. We're not allowed to play with them. Like staring at the floor too. She's like the most depressed child that's ever existed. <laughs> and like Gemma realizes how insane that sounds. And she's like, no, you you can, uh, we can, uh, you know what? We can play with them. We can play with the toys. And so she oh, like, we can totally you play can with see them. like, <laughs> you can see her like soul leaving her body as she like cuts open this box, you know, that she's probably had for like 20 years <laughs> of this, like to- this action figure, this toy. And it's like this robot that's like a sphere, and I think you're supposed to like unfold it into things. But the two of them are just like the psychologist, like, why don't you let Katie play with it? And they just end up rolling this ball back and forth. And Gemma is like, well, you know, it 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 it, it does other things. Like you're supposed to. And then the psychologist is like, well, why don't we let Katie decide how she wants to play with it? And Gemma's like, yeah, okay. And then like a second goes by, and she's like. But, but what you're supposed to do with it is like she's trying to she's like, it, it's not it's not built for this. It's built to do other things. And then she's just like, but it's but the it, same thing. It's the same thing with the phone. Because yeah. she's like, you're missing the point. The point is to roll the, the toy back and forth on the floor with the kid and engage with the kid, not show the kid that the toy is really cool so that you can do something. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it's just another really good scene. But I just thought it was funny because. Gemma is just like having like an aneurysm trying to figure out like how to be a a, a normal person with this child. Uh, and what so what is the is the next scene the like the work the workshop scene where we meet Bruce? She kind of sets her up. She's like, look, like I understand that, you know, things aren't like the most fun here. And I know you have a lot going on, but like I have a thing that I need to do. Yeah, to, she's on this I need deadline. To finish it. It'll be two hours, and then we can go do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah, I actually thought this was gonna be like a way more problematic scene because she sits Katie down and she's like, "Listen, I have this. You know, we we can go get we can go get like pizza or something after. But like, can you hold? She goes, "Can you hold down the fort for a couple hours?" I thought she was leaving to go to the office. I was like, "You're gonna oh, leave this too. girl." home alone after like that's exactly what i thought i was like holy shit Gemma!" but no she just has an office like in her garage you know she has like a uh, workshop you know where she does all her like robotics and like like nasa level experiments yeah just if i knew my neighbor had this in my garage i would move out of the state right it was it's insane so we yeah like a long time goes by and clearly, like, Gemma completely forgot about Katie. Eventually, like, Katie walks into the office and she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, like, I completely forgot you existed. This girl probably hasn't eaten all day. <laughs> like, No, she's definitely left her to, like, herself sitting in the dark because she, like, comes out of a hallway and it's completely dark behind her. So it's like hours have passed. It's nighttime. And this girl didn't turn on any additional no, lights within no. the house. So it's. <laughs> fucking dark now well katie probably doesn't know how because there's i i guarantee you there's no light switches in that house it's all automated by the stupid like alexa thing that she has that cute little ai thing on the counter yeah yeah there's like a little yeah there's like a little you know like uh alexa type smart like home. smart home 
the robot thing that she speaks to the whole movie. Uh, so yeah, she probably the, the little girl is probably like, I don't know how anything works in this house. We get like a <clears throat> a scene where Gemma finally like tries to just have like a conversation with with Katie, and she you know tries to entertain her, and she's like, oh well, you want to like see some cool stuff? She she's like, oh, why don't you come help me? I have to design the next perpetual pet. But like, imme- Katie's like immediately traumatized by seeing these things because it was like the last thing she saw as her parents were getting smushed was the stupid Furby thing. So the whole movie, anytime they show up, like Katie immediately like just goes like pale and <laughs> can't even think of them. Like, no, thanks. Uh, so she like gets sad again. And Gemma's like, what the fuck did I do? But then she goes, oh, well, you want to, uh, did you know there's another, there's another uh, friend living in the house with us? Did you want to meet him? And it's this like, again, insane robot that uh, huge. And she just goes, oh, I built him in college. And I was like, what? She says it's a proxy robot that I built in college for a project. Meanwhile, this thing looks like the Boston Dynamics robot, like, on steroids. This thing looks huge. It has giant pistons for arms. It's like this nine-foot-tall, yeah, it's like this big nine-foot-tall robot that's got, like, you know, sledgehammer arms. Uh, But, yeah, it's like a proxy robot, so you have to wear, Gemma shows... uh, Katie. You have to wear power you, you gloves. Have to, yeah, you have to wear these power <laughs> gloves and like real steel style. It like mimics what you do when you're wearing the <laughs> the gloves, you know. So immediately, I was like, "Oh, okay." So Bruce is going to be used to kill Megan when she goes crazy at the end of the like. I, like immediately, I was like, "There's no way we would introduce this insane thing and have it not be what we we use to save the day at the end." Like, there's absolutely no way. <laughs> It was so, I completely, like, I just saw Bruce and I was like, oh, hello, Bruce. Like, what is going on with you? I did not expect him to to Turn get up. as much screen time as he did. No, I knew uh, right away. But yeah, they, uh, uh, she kind of, like, takes off his face plate on this, like, weird dome face it has. And she's kind of showing him, like, yeah, like, here are all the parts. So, like, this is where the laser is so he can see. And this is a spectrometer so he can smell things. and. This why is would his, he like, need CPU that? CPU where he <clears throat> thinks. Like, why would he? The, why would this proxy robot need to smell, Emma? <laughs> uh, maybe they're working with chemicals like that. Sh- that the human can't, you know, smell. Who knows? I said that very confidently, and I didn't. You know what? Now that I think about it, what, what does this thing need to smell for? You're right. <laughs> what smells this? <laughs> yeah, come on. Like, do, Gemma, go work at NASA, please. <laughs> Stop working for this toy company. But yeah, we get to see her interact with Bruce that kind of cheers her up. She thinks it's really cool that there's, you know, a robot in the house that a robot like, does friend. stuff. She's she's clearly like it definitely takes her mind off things. Yeah, she like her like eyes light up. She thinks it's like the coolest thing. It's the happiest this girl is like has been since uh since coming to live with Gemma. And this is what gives Gemma the like inspiration. She's like, Oh, I can't be working with these Furbies. I've been reminded about what I was put here to do and i have to make megan and so she like apparently they ordered extra of those silicon face mask things because she just has it with her and she like rebuilds in one night (laughs) she rebuilds megan oh my god this overnight build session is the goofiest shit like dude i i'm sorry you're not gonna convince me that you repaired all those parts and put everything back together in in one night after you spent the entire afternoon staring at furbies on your screen also (laughs) melting your brain also 
you're not gonna can you have all of the things necessary to build this advanced titanium AI uh, murder machine in your garage? <laughs> like at the at the the office, I can understand maybe, but like just you have all this stuff in your garage. How do you get these things? Also, if you are capable of bringing Megan <laughs> to life overnight in this garage after you blew her head up in the office. You should have been able to fart out 10 million of those stupid little Furbies overnight. Like, what? Why is it so hard to just deliver on the cheaper version of the Furby? I just don't. I don't understand. She's really against it. She hates it. But yeah, so then the, the next day, uh, G- Gemma, you know, she gets the crew, Tess and Cole back together. They're like, all right, we're just going to do this. We're going to give the presentation to David right now. Like he, So he shows up. Ronnie Chang's like, you know, struts in and he's like, really? ready to like fire Gemma because she hasn't got her stupid Furby thing uh, finished. And this is when they get, the, this is when they do the presentation of like w- w- in the, the room, right? Or is that a different one? Yeah. So there's like a, there's like a theater almost. Um, it's like a two way mirror came. sort of observation room. Observation room. That's exactly what I was looking for. So like there's one environment that's like kid centric. It's like a little playroom. And that's where you like debut your toys and then you present it to people on the other side who can see the kid interacting and it's not like so much a performance. It gives them the opportunity to see how kids interact with the product. So Ronnie comes in and this is where we get to see Megan like really alive for the first time. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. We got that. We got a little montage of them like setting her up finally and like dressing her and like there's like a scene where Cole is like... <laughs> Trying oh, to give he her, picks out the blonde <clears throat> wig. He picks out the blonde wig, and they're trying to figure out what her hair looks like and stuff. That was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, we get to see full-on Megan for the first time. Not the skeleton of her, but, like, you know, the one we've we've all come to know from the movie trailer. Funniest thing. I, I, the way that they, like, debut Megan to, to the, their boss is so funny to me. Because, like, Megan's like, oh, like, why don't you come over here? We'll draw something together. And... The kid goes and sits down, and so Megan starts, like, and she's, like, fucking drawing away at something on the paper. Yeah, it's like she's, like, a printer, you know? <laughs> she's, like, a very mechanical, like, she's drawing something, like, a like yeah, like a printer, which is, like, but she's switching between all these markers and stuff, and then she slides it over to Katie, and she's, like, there's nothing there, and then, like, everyone kind of, like, holds their breath for a minute because they're like, oh, it fucked up. Ronnie Chang's character, David, is like, ugh, I knew this wasn't going to work. What good is a robot that can't draw? But then she spills water on it, and it turns out it's like some kind of water-reactive, like, invisible ink, and she's drawn this amazing, like, full-color portrait, like, painting renders of Katie. I'm like, Jesus Christ, look at the code. Yeah, I was like, what markers are these? What, where... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> where did we get these <clears throat> but yeah it's it's very and then so everybody's like oh like katie loves it and like she's like you're gonna be my best friend megan and everybody is just like shocked and ronnie chang's character is just like we're, we're gonna make completely a, mind, yeah, blown. mind blown he's like this is gonna be the biggest thing ever we're gonna we're gonna do you can you have this thing ready to present to the board like we gotta go this is we're going all out on this thing he asked her, hey, production-wise, uh, are we looking at, like, more than Tesla? Yeah, or more less or less than a Tesla. Than a Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much Teslas cost uh, because I don't care for them and have put 
a very little thought into pretty much anything that Elon does. Um, but later in the movie, it we find out that Megan the Megans are planned to retail at like ten thousand dollars, which to me felt very $10, low. Thousand dollars for for a Terminator. Well, it depends on the model too. That's well, what she true. Says. That's what it is. Goes, what she well, says. it depends on the model. Yeah, I'm sure. Like the OG Megan with her, you know, defects and everything is probably worth at least another zero. Yeah, that there, there's no way that all that, just all that, like titanium alone, has to be creeping up on yeah. the tr- the three figure. Like, there's no way. Yeah. So the reason why Megan sort of like um is with the family why she leaves the office and like hangs out with katie all the time is because she has to pair with her katie has to Ge- pair. yeah Gemma like pairs megan with with katie uh so so like katie becomes megan's like primary user and the explanation we get is the way her ai works is that like the more time she spends with katie the like better of like a friend and like caregiver she will become yeah, she, like, picks up on, like, specific learning cues, so she becomes, like, a better teacher. She she helps, like, explain things to... She helps with Katie's teaching. She helps with, like, her behavioral stuff. So she's kind of, like, slowly catering to one specific kid. <clears throat> yeah, we get, like, another, like, sort of commercial because David asks Gemma it to, like, give him the... Give him keywords so that he sounds like he knows what he's talking about to the board. And what she does is essentially write like a full full blown pitch for Megan. So we get this montage of Megan doing things with Katie as Gemma sort of like explains what, you know, what she's capable of. And this is where at the end of it all, Tess is like, well, is this what we want the Megan to do? Because what you're essentially describing here is she's just replacing Aaron. You know, she's like, if. Like, Megan's not supposed to just make it so that you don't have to interact with Katie. Anymore. And yeah, Gemma's taken back. She's very <clears> offended. She's like, no, I'm just trying to make, I'm just trying to make the best Megan. What do you I want to make the best toy. Meanwhile, subconsciously, she doesn't realize, like, that's exactly why she's doing this. Yeah. Like, she is attempting to pl- replace parents because she does not know how to be a parent for Katie. Like, lots of fun scenes with Megan doing stuff doing things so first she like reminds her to wash her hands oh, yeah. she washes she reminds yeah. her to flush, to the, flush toilet. the toilet There's... she's kind of <laughs> she's teaching her about the world as she interacts with it so like she'll ask a question about something and before Gemma could even finish thinking about the answer like she's right there spewing out all the info because she for for whatever reason has access to like the internet which seems like the biggest flaw you could possibly like plug in. It's like no, don't give this, the AI this access. Thing should to all... have like an encyclopedia from 1998. Yeah, right. And maybe a couple keywords added from 2016. Yeah. Other than that, there's it's... no way you need to connect this thing to the internet. No, it seems no. like an immediate fail. But uh, yeah, there's a couple like callback scenes where like uh of Katie like not flushing the toilet and then uh. Megan keeps going like, remember to flush the toilet, wash your hands. <laughs> but there's like another at towards the end of the montage. Uh, <laughs> Megan is, is is just like, Katie, seriously, flush the toilet. Like, <laughs> it's it's very it's very funny. Me- Megan gets like very sassy uh, by the end of this. Well, movie. It's funny during uh during Gemma's pitch. She's like, oh, you know, it 
she has endless patience so like all of the mundane reminding and you know like constantly reinforcing your child to do xyz behaviors you don't have to do it anymore fully automated and she has endless patience so you don't have to worry about anything and it immediately like cuts to that scene where she's like come on, can you please flush the toilet? Like what? She's like clearly running out of patience right. very quickly. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that, yeah. And that's, that's where she says, she says a, a line. She'll take care of all the mundane, like reminding your child to do things uh, so that you don't have to do it, which frees you up to do the important stuff. What's really important. Yeah. yeah. It's like, <clears throat> and it's like, ooh, ooh taking care of the kid gross. is not really important. Like I was like, geez, this woman does not know what, how to be a, 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 a caregiver at all next we're back at Gemma's house uh we it's like during the day Gemma is doing some she's working in her office or something like that she's got her headphones on she can't hear nothing Katie's outside um and she's like running around with like a little bow and arrow and like the arrows have little you know like suction cup ends on them yeah she shoots uh shoots the arrow and it goes into the the hole in the fence which again is not relevant because this dog would just go around she goes to the hole in the fence you know she like bends down she like reaches her hand in to go grab the slowly grab the arrow and then what do you know that asshole dog runs up and like starts uh biting megan's like arm and starts dragging her like she goes like full just like dead weight and just starts getting like slowly dragged into this uh to this hole and it just looks very funny because like this is one of the times where it's like a puppet megan and not the this is the stunt megan <clears throat> yeah this is the this is not like the actual little girl in in megan costume so she goes from being like a f- actual person that you can kind of tell it is to just being like a just like a stiff stiff puppet that's just being slowly like dragged dragged away um and this dog is like going nuts. The reason why Megan is the way she is is because her prime directive is to um, protect Katie. And protecting Katie involves protecting her on a physical level, an emotional level, anything that upsets or damages yeah. Katie. And she, as Katie's trying to fight with the dog to get Megan back through the fence, uh, the dog ends up biting her arm. Ooh, and she lets out a really, really believable scream. But that's when Megan, like, you know, her switch flips and she's like, "Uh oh, it hurt Katie. So I have to do something. Yeah. So Katie gets like the shit bitten out of her arm. Eventually, Gemma does hear the commotion and like runs out. And the again, the Celia woman is just like, tell those two girls to stay out of my yard. And I was like, this girl has been mauled by your shit ass dog and you're going to be angry about it. Like and they eventually they call the police. A police officer shows up. Uh, like that night. Okay, wait. This is a point where we gotta talk about Megan, because the police officer shows up and pretty much tells her, like, look, like <laughs> you should fix your hole in your fence. Yeah, there's nothing we can do. We can't put the dog down. We can't take the dog away from the lady. We can't make the lady give away her dog. Why not? What well, state are they later. in? When does he come to the <clears throat> door? He comes to the door later on. Yeah, no, this, the first time she interacts with the cop, she's, Gemma is on the street out front and he's like, yeah, there's nothing we can do. Like, we can't take the dog or do anything. And I'm like, well, that sounds wrong because this girl, her arm looks like ground beef. And you're going to, like, say that <laughs> they can't do anything about this dog. Megan is, like, watching this interaction from, like, the bedroom window. And she's got, like, I don't know, hypersonic ears. And she can mm-hmm. hear everything they're saying. 
So she hears that, and I guess this is when her AI starts to be like, well, I guess I'm going to have to take this into my own hands. Yeah, she realizes, like, all right, well, no one else is going to do anything. It's my responsibility to protect her. I need to get rid of this thing. Yeah, and so she she sneaks out in the dead of night, and, like, she does this, like, creepy, uh, this creepy thing where the dog is just, like, sleeping in its little dog house, and Megan, like, mimics the voice of Celia, and you just hear, I forget what the dog's name is, but, uh, she, like, is calling its name, and she's like, Yoo-hoo, come over here, and it's like, oh, Megan, you're such a, you're such a villain immediately. Yeah, the mimicking of someone's voice is very creepy, the way she does it. She has, like, a Volk, like, she has a human voice actress, yeah. which is, I'm glad somebody got a paycheck for, but she has a very, like, Volkloid, like, Hatsune Miku quality to her voice mm-hmm. when she speaks. Yeah, it does sound like that. Yeah, they, they, do, they do some, like, really good sound design and, like, yeah, like vocal <clears throat> treatment to, uh, to the voice actress that uh, makes it very convincing. The voice actress is Jenna Davis. Um, she's got so much, so many credits, I could, you can't even start to, to count. A lot of TV. Holy shit. And tons of stuff. She's in fucking Infinity Train. That show's really good, but Discovery killed it, and you can't watch it. So she lures the dog over. With, like, a little treat, too. She, like, a drops a treat in front of the hole. Floor. Yeah, and then the dog, like, creeps over, goes to grab the treat, and then you just see it dragged out, uh, you know, off screen, and, it, and then you hear a little yelp. Uh, luckily, that for, for anybody who can't handle dogs dying in movies and stuff, that's, that's all you see is the dog get dragged off. You don't later see, like, a dog corpse or anything. This, that, that's the end of him. It's fine. Yeah, no dog mutilation. So the next morning she gets woken up by the neighbor who's running around screaming the dog's name in mm-hmm. like the, the she's like street. shaking. She's like shaking the dog bowl walking through the streets in her like moo You know, she's just like, where are you, doggy? <laughs> I'm like, wow, this is an outside dog. This can't be the first time that he's like just run off on his own, especially since he's so <laughs> was so ill behaved. Yeah, definitely. this seems this seems like a, a, a frequent occurrence in there their lives yeah so that's what she wakes up to but i think this is the day of the yeah this is the day of the presentation to the board of, of the toy company because Gemma like asks katie if she feels up to she's like y- you don't have to come to this presentation but then katie is like no i i can do it and again she's just now she's just sad again she was really happy because she had because she kind of guilt trips her into it she's like look, like, I understand you're, you know, you're not feeling so well and things were kind of scary yesterday with the right. dogs. Right, she goes, but, she like, goes but, so you don't have to come, but but it is really, really important. And then Megan gives her a look, too. Megan gives Gemma a look like, are you serious? Katie ends up like agreeing. She's like, no, I'll be up to it. I can come. And so they've clearly worked out this whole, like, you know, kind of presentation. Like, I think they're just going to try and do the coloring thing all over again. Which is like, why would you mint? Because like the first time you got a genuine reaction, Katie's not going to be as wowed by it the second time around, but whatever. Uh, the board is like all there. They're all set up. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of like that scene. And did you watch um, fucking a squid game? Oh, it, it was when you have like all of the rich, yeah, yeah, the yeah. rich, like American uh, dudes in the masks, just like all sitting there, like watching it. That's what it reminded me of. Like, look at all these fat cats just like sitting here making this girl dance for their amusement. Katie, instead of like, as the presentation starts, Megan's like, why don't you come over and we'll draw a picture? And then Katie just immediately starts like bawling her. Yeah, she has like an emotional breakdown. She's like, I don't like any of this. I miss my parents. Everything sucked. Which like, 
Yeah, totally understandable. Yeah, well, yeah, totally, totally get it, Katie. We're we're here for you. But then Megan, you know, gets up and walks over, sits sits next to her, and like you know, you get this really sweet scene where Katie says, and it makes me kind of sad <laughs> that that like this turns out to be a horror movie and not just like a nice like like what's that AI movie with Robin Williams where he's like a robot? <laughs> oh my god, I don't know, I don't know the name. A uh, bicentennial man. I'm. I, it made this scene makes me like sad that we don't. It's not like a bicentennial man story, and instead becomes murder robot. Because you know, Katie says like, I, you know, I miss my mom and dad. Like, and I'm sad that I'll, you know, I, I'll never see them again. And I'm, I'm, I'm worried that like I'm not gonna remember them anymore. And then Megan tells her like, oh well, just tell me a story that you about your parents that you really like. And so she tells her a story. And then she goes, well, there, now you, you won't ever forget. And Katie's like, well, what do you mean? And then Megan, like, plays back the, the audio recording of Katie telling the story. And she goes, there, you'll never forget it because I'm keeping it for you. And we can listen to that memory anytime we want forever. And I was like, wow, that is actually really heartwarming. <laughs> yeah, that's what's goofy. It's like it, there, there's, a, there's a very grounded human, uh, like, set sense of emotions that really get hammered into this movie in a in a really nice way like yeah, I, it really I, is I was a not expecting scene. such a human connection to some of these characters yeah yeah it's it's crazy and obviously the whole board agrees that it was tear jerking and heartwarming because they're all they give like a standing ovation to this like scene and like everything's like they're like immediately immediately they're like all right we're we're funding this fund the robot girl uh, but yeah, it just, I, I, it's such a sweet scene and I just, I, I, that's why I'm sad. I, I, then she just, you know, becomes, and I understand why Katie becomes so attached to this robot because that, like that would get you right. Like you're a little kid. Yeah. I mean, it got like, me. I was like, oh, I didn't real like I, it, it was impressive to me. Like I was like, wow, I didn't even think of the capability of like. Oh, like this is an important memory. Let me document this in in a way that I can access it later on in case I forget about it. Like, yeah, if I had that as a kid, I would probably have like fifteen Megans, like just full of like, <laughs> hey, this was a really good day. To... Put this on block. Put this on the book. Yeah, what do you think the storage space on a Megan is? Like, do you <laughs> you'd have to get a new Megan, or does she take SD cards? You I'm know? sure she's got lots of cloud access. Yeah, right. <laughs> You have to pay a subscription fee to like get more storage. There's definitely a subscription for like 200 plus gig. Yeah, you know. Um but even, you know, like you just said you didn't realize the capability. This is when like Gemma also like Gemma and Tess and Cole all like see this happen and they they were like, "Well, this was not like a scripted thing." And like we didn't even re they didn't even realize because these people put no thought at all into what AI can do. <laughs> they just built it. They were just like, here's an AI, put it in a robot. Like none of them put any consideration into what this thing is capable. It's it's very Pinocchio-esque in that way where it's like, oh, I didn't think they were going to become a real boy. What yeah. the hell? <laughs> what happened? Yeah, that's what I remember when Geppetto said that. <laughs> Tom Hanks is Geppetto. <laughs> oh, that one. I didn't see that one. So maybe he does say it in that movie. Uh, he goes, oh, whoops. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure that's the direction he got. <laughs> <laughs> so now they go back to the, they go back home after the presentation. Everything was great. Megan's, you know, fucking firing on all cylinders. Is this the dinner scene? Gemma's kind, 
yeah, Gemma's kind of getting jealous. She's like, you know, I, Katie, like, if you ever want to talk about those things, like, we could talk about those kinds of things. She's like, well, I already talked about those things. Like, why do I got to talk to you? Like, I have. Yeah, Megan like, too late. To too to little, Megan. too late, Gemma. And Megan keeps trying to interject, and Gemma keeps trying to, like, turn her off. And, and, uh, and Katie keeps turning her on. So it's like, Megan, turn off. Megan, turn on. And Megan's, like, head is like, yeah. Gemma is attempting to kind of, like, bridge that gap and be like, hey, like, I'm your aunt. Like, we can talk about these kinds of things. And just totally, like, misses the mark. Katie is already fully team uh, Megan. Megan. So she's like, nah, I'm good. I have I have a best friend, therapist, robot, guardian. I don't need, I don't need an aunt. Yeah, this, so this is when, like, Gemma starts to realize maybe uh, Katie needs to spend some time away, like, doing other things that aren't hanging out with Megan. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is when we go uh, to the, to the, like, alternative school right like the the outdoor learning experience school that she takes her to so is this before or after celia gets murdered i think it's it's around the same time uh i think it is before though i i think the yeah it is before so Gemma takes katie to this like you know uh wait wait hold on, hold on. before before they go to school that she's kind of getting her set up for this like uh she's getting her set up to go to this like outdoorsy like uh hippie school really i don't know what else to call it it's one it of is a hippie like, school it's an alternative all the, learning all of, thing all of the classrooms are out here in the woods and all the shit but yeah, they're like, getting no ready structure. in the morning they just learn and uh the cop knocks on the door and he's like you know hey have you seen this lady's dog you know she thinks you have the dog and then she's out at the curb yeah, screaming i know screaming. i know you know and then late and then like uh, then Gemma shuts the door and then goes inside and then suddenly Celia's like outside against her like big window and is like I know you took the dog I'm like wow you've this this woman is insane what Celia tells the cop is that there's two girls inside messing with the dog all the time so that she's blaming <laughs> she's blaming the girls and the, the cop's like he's she's saying you got two like little girls in here that like mess with her property and stuff she's like well I have I have my niece here and she's like, well, what about that girl? And she's like, well, that's not a girl. That's a toy. And yeah. Megan's kind of like, hello. <laughs> and the cop is like, whoa. The guy's cop. The, the cop had the only human reaction to Megan at this point from any other character standpoint. He goes, that's a girl. That's that's a toy. And it's like, yeah, yeah I totally understand why you think that thing is a girl. But at the same time. It's the scariest looking thing I've ever fucking seen. It looks like a real doll version of a four four year old. I don't know, oh. eight year old. Oh my god, dude! Just I forgot. I I made I made, had this thought, and I was like, I have to bring it up to Eric right away in the very beginning of the movie when they pr- first present like Megan to to David, and he's like, "This is going to be the biggest children's toy ever." And I'm like, "Do you? Does anybody in this company actually think?" That children are going to be the primary uh, uh, no. audience of this. This is immediately no, te- no kids are going to. It's going to be like the PS5. No kids are ever going to get their hands on a Megan because pedophiles will immediately buy out the entire stock. There's absolutely no way. Yeah, no. I if that I was this, isn't going. Megan isn't going straight to the straight to the laps of creeper. If I was this cop and I was like, oh, well, you have a child real doll at the table. Um. Maybe we should like come in and talk about something else other than this lady's dog. What the fuck is going on in this house? 
Yeah, dude, holy shit. I can't I, I can't believe I forgot to bring that up. There's no no way any child is ever gonna get a Megan. Um So actually problem solved <laughs> There's because gonna be a bunch of Megan's mangled in like fucking luggage cases and boxes and alleyways all across America. Oh, dude, it's gonna be rough. They're just gonna be sticky and it's not gonna be um Did you ever hear that story? There was a story of a a, a like an AI chat bot robot that uh somebody put out like on the curb somewhere and uh encouraged other people to like interact with it and it went on like i think i think it was supposed to be trying to travel to a specific destination but they like very quickly found it like a couple blocks away like totally fucked up and destroyed and like (laughs) violated it's going on a journey nope like uh uh-oh 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 it's going on a bad bad journey bad place yep that's funny as fuck uh but yeah so now this is when we go. Gemma takes Katie to this like alternative learning school and Katie's being kind of a shit because she doesn't want to go. And Gemma has to like take Megan to the office to like run like diagnostics or something. I forget what the excuse is, but she's basically like, you don't get to hang out with Megan today. You have to go hang out with real kids. And well, Katie yeah, she got freaked out the night before uh, she's in her like um, office and she's kind of like freaked out about Megan. And no, so that happens. Like, I need. That happens oh, after. after. Yeah, yeah. So she just is like, it's time to start, you know, interacting with real kids. So she brings her to this learning school. And no, th- now we have another real, actual, believable interaction with Megan because she pulls in <laughs> and there's like this, like one mom who is like, oh, hey, welcome to the school. And who are these two girls? And then <laughs> she goes, oh, uh, this is, I just have Katie. Uh, Megan is, she's a toy. And then she looked at it and Megan's like, hello. And the, the woman goes, holy shit. Yeah, she's so, she's like, whoa. Look, she's like, look at that thing. And then she's kind of like, she goes through a, a thought process that comes right across her face because it's, it's like immediate terror. And then she's kind of interested. And then she's like freaked out. And then yeah. she's like, that thing's really cool. Yeah. So, you know, Katie is like, can Megan come? You know, why can't she come? And then the woman goes like, oh, well, you know, we have a toy table where kids, you know, put their dolls and and so we can just put her there. And Gemma's like, OK, but no pictures, because this is like a proprietary, like advanced robot that they're trying to not have like corporate espionage performed upon, you know. <laughs> and so she's like, all right, it, I'm not even supposed to have it out of the house. So like just no photos. And it's so funny because the next shot, it's like cut. The next shot is a cut to Megan on the toy table where and uh, Spooky Fiance Heather pointed this out. There is a like 20 foot teddy bear next to her that is like, who brought this to school with that? It's like it's like a bunch of little dolls, but a gig- the biggest stuffed teddy bear you've ever seen. <laughs> Dwarfed only by the 14-year-old in her class that's stomping around, tearing shit apart. Oh my god. Yeah, there's it's so funny. Because like Gemma is like having, you know, comp- she's like meeting, she's talking to the mom uh that she met. They're like, you know, filling, you know, juice and, and making snacks and stuff. And you see, like, all these kids gathering up for this, like, sort of, like, excursion. They're going to go into the woods and look for, I don't know, like, chestnuts or something. And, yeah, there's all these little kids, except there's, like, one huge (laughs) kid that just, like, has the biggest fucking puss on his face. Like, you can tell immediately, you're like, okay, this is a bully. Like, if anybody ever looked like a bully, (laughs) you know, like, this kid is clearly a bully. Uh, and, And, of course... 
Katie gets paired up. Because there's like one girl, they're, they're pairing everybody up, and they go like, oh, uh, little girl, you get to go with whatever the kid's name is. I, for, I forget. Um, like I uh, Brandon or something. I think he's Brandon. And so, and the and it's not Katie, but the little girl's like, I don't want to go with Brandon. <laughs> and then, so they're like, uh, okay, well, Katie, you can go with Brandon. And, like, she goes out into the woods and, like, they're, like, looking for yeah, chestnuts. And they find, they, like, find one. Like, and Brandon, like, picks it up. And it's, like, the exterior of, like, a chestnut is, like, this spiky, like, spiny thing. Did you know you, like, this? I had no idea. I was I like, did. this is an alien, this is an alien fruit that does not exist. <laughs> it's an alien fruit. No, yeah, I did. It's like a, it's like this spiny like outer fruit of the nut, and he like goes like, "Oh, here, Katie, you can have it," and then just like jams it into her hand, so she like it like hurts her really bad. Um, and immediately with her like you know ultrasonic ears, Maggie's like, you know, and so she uh is alerted to the fact that uh, Katie's in in a crisis, and so the kid keeps like bullying her. And then you get like this creepy shot where like suddenly like Megan's like you get like the whoosh of like wind, you know, as if like she came here at like light speed and it's like it's like a Jason Voorhees sort of just like teleportation. Well, yeah, because she has supersonic hearing. and She yeah. just heard that Katie was feeling bad. So she yeah. rushes over to her. And then so she shows up behind the kid and the kid's like, ah! and then, you know, asks like what it is. And Katie's like, that's Megan. She's my friend. And so the kid immediately is like, well, can she play with me? And Katie's like. No, she only plays with me because uh, she's she's paired with me. And so the kid is like, well, I'll make her play with me. And just fucking now she's doll Megan again. And she he just like picks her up and runs into the woods with her. And Katie, for whatever reason, can't keep up with him, even though this thing, there's no way this kid can lift this thing up. This robot has to be so heavy. OK, so I I went through the same thought process because I was like, damn. He just picked that thing right the fuck up. And then I was like, oh, well, it's made out of titanium, so it's definitely lighter weight than most other metals. And then I was like, but later on, Megan does, like, throw a table across the room, standing perfectly still almost. So, like, she's got to have some sort of mass under her. Yeah. I don't know. The physics of Megan are a little bit all over the place in the movie. Um just because, it, like, he picks he picks her up like she way like she's made out of styrofoam. Yeah, stunt um, Megan off off yeah. to work. Yeah, <laughs> and so yeah, he uh, Brandon like runs runs through the woods, and, and I thought we were gonna get a little rapey uh, in this because like he throws her onto the ground and then like climbs on top of her, and I was like, oh no, don't molest the robot, you creepy kid. See, it's the the only if this looked if. Megan looked like any other type of doll. You would have never thought that. It's because she looks like a gross sex. You're right. Doll. I guess you're 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 probably right. Um. <laughs> so the kid like starts like smacking Megan. He's like, "Play with me. Why don't you play with me?" And I forget what she says. She like finally like boots online again, and uh, she's like, basically tells him he's a bad boy and <laughs> that he needs to be punished. And so we get this crazy so she like snaps her arm up and grabs him by the ear and we get this gross like ear stretching scene where he she's like he's screaming and she's like pulling his ear and it looks like fucking like laffy taffy dude i i don't think i've ever seen like a good i've never seen like an effect like that funny because first of all ear that that would never happen your your ear can get ripped off with like eight pounds of torque it's like (laughs) it's barely attached to your head 
she's pulling <laughs> this thing like string cheese it's just like yeah you can see like the me- it, like the light coming through the thinning yeah. of the ear it looks so good oh. it's so gross and then she just gives it one tug and it's like and she just rips the kid's ear straight off and he's like ah screaming blood's gushing out of his head and then he just like runs you know out of the clearing that they're in and into the woods and eventually he he's getting towards like the end of the woods and he trips on like a log and rolls down like the hillside onto the street where an un- oncoming car is just like, well, this is unavoidable and just plows right through him. And you see the like blood skid mark as it goes. It's like, it's pretty brutal. This kid got up. This kill made me laugh really hard because <laughs> when he throws her on the ground, the first thing he does is he like grabs her foot and like twists her foot back and forth, to try to get a reaction. And then takes her shoe off, right? He takes her. He takes her shoe off, and I was like, "Oh, he's a little foot boy." So he throws her shoe off, and she's just got like one foot off. And then after she takes off, like running and chasing him, she does that weird like horse run thing where she's like, "Yeah, she she does chase after him." Yeah, and she gets down on all fours and does like a great. Have you ever seen the horse girl? I was going to bring up the horse people. (laughs) um but apparently this was not planned for the movie this was just like a skill that this like uh artist or not artist acrobat uh yeah amy donald is her name yeah so apparently that like creepy like stand where she just like stands straight up with her feet flat uh, yeah she rises to her feet she can she just is able to do that between that and the uh the running on all fours she learned that while the movie was like in production and just like was doing it at her house and they sent the video to the people in charge and they're like we're gonna use that oh we We weren't gonna do it we definitely want her to do that that's very funny yeah because that horse run is very creepy it doesn't really make any sense why she would do it but i appreciate it they're she- also not faster when they do it it's it's like way slower than human running speed it's yeah so because creepy. we're because the human form is built to run the way we run not that other ways <laughs> but whatever but she does it and it's great and we love it uh and yeah so but she ch- she chases it, the kid funny. he dies what? It's funny because like a- after he gets run over the only thing left on the ground is a blood splatter and one shoe <laughs> it's it's a good scene man i love that kid getting just biting it dude um then you uh you cut to like uh that like police and ambulances and stuff all the kids are like traumatized even though no one saw him die not even katie um the only person who actually witnessed the the the, the running over was megan um but so katie megan's in the car like a guilty like right that, like knows it's in trouble it's she's right. kind of just like peeking her eyes out a little bit <laughs> yeah just listening to all the conversations with authorities and stuff Gemma puts katie to bed katie's kind of like you know having a tough time sleeping she rolls over and she's talking to uh megan and she's like megan is it true is that boy really in a better place and megan's like no do you think heaven would be reserved for guys like that no way and it just cracked me up i'm like oh man i can see it now she's accessing files on like heaven and death on heaven and death and all of those things and it's just like let me sit down and explain all the seven layers of hell oh my god (laughs) yes like it's at night and Celia, the neighbor, is, like, again, like, shaking the bowl around the neighborhood looking for her dog still. 
And so, you know, Megan clocks it and uh, pretends, uses the voice modulator thing and pretends to be the dog and, like, makes dog noises to lure Delia into this, like, abandoned-looking, like, shed. I don't know if it's Celia's shed or just, like, one yeah, that's just in is, the neighborhood. It's in, she, it's in her backyard because that's where all of her, like, uh, yeah. gardening equipment yeah, yeah. is. Right, so Megan lures her into this, this shed where she then, um, like... I don't know, cranks this like bead killer like gun that she has that she was using earlier in the movie. She like cranks it up to like a, a SWAT team level power and like uses it to spray Celia straight like across the entire um shed with like so much force. It's like some kind of power washer weed killer like combo. And yeah, she like fucking opens this thing up and she gets blasted like she gets hit by a fire hose. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, and then, but it's like also, we, I believe it is weed killer. And she like, you know, is on the ground and Megan's like spraying it. Like she's like waterboarding her with, with chemicals. It's insane. She like stomps on her head and pins her to the ground. And then, yeah, just fucking opens that thing up. And you see like the spray. You don't get to see it happen, but you see like a puddle start to like kind of I guess come together on the floor and uh it it's just getting more and more like green from the chemicals and then all of a sudden it goes like a brownish and then it's just all red like she's fucking yeah. melting this lady's face off. So good. So good. Gemma's just kind of like starting to be a little suspicious of uh because yeah, she realized Megan was gone and she shouldn't have been able to like leave, you know on her own volition from the toy table with all the teddy bears. So, so yeah, she's a little curious about, she's starting to get, get wary. Uh, she's about. trying to connect again with Katie and be like, Hey, like, look, I'm not the police. If there's something you feel like you couldn't tell them, it's safe to tell me like, mm -hmm. you know, this is a safe place. Everything's okay. And the whole time it's one of those, like she's trying to turn off, Megan while she's trying to have this conversation it's just not working and this is when like Megan comes into the office right yeah so she's she's on a laptop and she's like all right well I want to see what Megan saw and what was going on because I there's something fishy about the way that this kid got hit by a car and like everything so I'm just gonna check her like geocache files right she has um she was she has like she can watch through like the cat like Megan's eyes are cameras also that are supposed to record every moment of every day. There's some storage space being eaten up. Yeah, but it, she's checking the uh, the logs on her computer, and it's like all of the geolocation uh, info is like corrupted. And then she goes into the like video files and tries to find a recording, and they are also de deleted. So she's like, "Well, Megan shouldn't be able to do that." Like you, she yeah. should. She shouldn't be like, you know, deciding to to you know delete and corrupt files and stuff. Uh, and then like Megan shows up, right? She does like a creepy like. Now suddenly I'm here. Yeah, I'm. I I think she like closes the computer and. Like, oh her... yeah, and then she's behind the computer. One of those little jump scares. Yeah, but she gets she creeps a little bit closer to Gemma, and Gemma's kind of getting progressively uh suspicious and freaked out. She's like, "What the fuck is going on with?" Megan, she shouldn't be able to do all these things that she does. Yeah, and this um, whole time Megan, like, has full conversations with people, you know, so, like, she's just, she's, like, very, especially when talking to Gemma, she's very sassy. 
and mm-hmm. just like she's, very, she's got a little <laughs> attitude about her. Yeah, sure. she's got she's got a good attitude uh, <laughs> going on whenever she's talking to like an adult. Um, but this is like uh, Gemma does this thing. She's starting to get like creeped out because <laughs> Megan is getting progressively more threatening as this conversation is going on. Because she says something about like, well, why shouldn't I make my own decisions or something like that? Uh, and Gemma's like, all right, I'm freaking out. So she like takes her like stylist and she's like, because she, she does this multiple times in the movie. She goes, Megan, you see this pen? And like Megan like focuses in on the pen and like that distracts her. So like Gemma can like tap the like automatic off switch that's like behind her ear. Uh, and she like shuts, she shuts Megan down. And then then like does this whole fucking like saran wrap like. She just totally like duct tapes her up. The day after that, the um um the the police officer, the same one, comes to the door again and like Gemma <laughs> opens it up and she's like, All right, I haven't seen the dog. Can you tell her that to leave me alone? And the cop's like, uh, well, that's gonna be uh pretty <laughs> you know, because like they found they found this woman dead. I don't know who found her and reported her dead, but like immediately uh they 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 have found her body and the sh- there's like another detective that shows up uh and talks this to Gemma. detective oh my god it's so fucking funny <laughs> it it's like you know that saying uh i is it duke nukem who who is it or not duke nukem uh is it snake pliskin who's like i'm here to kick ass and chew bubble gum and i'm all out of bubble gum <laughs> well guess what this guy showed up to be a cop and chew bubblegum, and he's all out of being a cop because he's just <laughs> chomping this fucking scene up. It's just like, so anyway, uh, what the fuck happened? He's like Bugs Bunny in this scene for he some is, reason. He is so cartoonish. Uh, the the most cartoonish fucking detective I've ever seen. He's like, yeah, so uh, we we this is the second time in a week you've been you've been involved in a police report. You were at that school where that kid got run over, and she's like, are you? trying to are you saying i'm a, a suspect and he was like ah no i wasn't saying that <laughs> he, she goes are you trying to make a connection right now yeah and he's like oh no i'm not saying that he like and he's not saying it like to be like coy he just says it because he's like oh i didn't even think about that he he's so <laughs> casual at the scene of this murder it's, it's just so fucking funny Dude, like he was the worst me. bedside manner oh, i've yeah. ever seen uh, but yeah, so that seems funny. Uh, but but then again, because we're not quite sure on the order of things here. Then after, at some point, Gemma has that conversation with Megan where she manually shuts her down and then she like duct tapes her up and bubble wraps her. And then like, because yeah, I think this is the day of the launch day. So she's like, I have to take Megan in. We, we got a launch thing. Uh, I need to run diagnostics. But she like has her all wrapped up and she throws her in the trunk. And Katie does not like this. She is like freaking out. She's like, you can't just throw her in the trunk. She's a person. Like, she's like ab- going absolutely insane. Um, and Gemma's just like, we can we can hang out with her later. I just have to take her to the office and, and do some experiments. And so like she brings her to the office and then like Katie is in the the like that little observation room with the uh the therapist who's like shown up a couple more times in the movie and she's like a social worker therapist like she's there like on behalf of the state yeah (laughs) yeah she's there to determine if 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 katie's gonna go live with like her dad's like her grandparents and not with Gemma. but like apparently the mom like wanted Gemma to take 
Um, but she's like freaking out. She's like throwing things across the room. The like therapist is like, I don't know what to do. You're like watching this all through the glass. So you can't hear anything, but you just see this chaos. Just a huge tr- tantrum. Just, a, just an insane tantrum. Yeah. Gemma, Gemma comes in and like Katie like slaps the shit out of her. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Cause I mean, she grabs a pair of scissors and she's like, yeah, I'm she's going to cut a bitch. Somebody. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. What? But, um, that, so, uh, and before that was even happening, that that's when Gemma um, like was talking to the other two about like the the AI problems, like thinking that like she's she's learning too much or like she's becoming like she, Gemma's like, listen, I can see it now. She's going rogue. But her yeah, friends are yeah. like, nah, we programmed it right. And I'm like, you definitely didn't. None of you thought about this. at No, all. Uh, to say programmed is like just there's all right. So there's a lot of like computer and robot and technical terms that get thrown around in this movie but it's like and i don't know what they you, mean and they don't know what they mean they have the characters clearly have no idea otherwise they'd be using different terminology but like <laughs> when it comes to ai you set boundaries you set like parameters right mm-hmm. so like you set prompts for them so it's like okay if you get this far you know either turn around or it terminates whatever you you give them a space to work and grow in yeah. This thing is like a totally loose AI that has little to no oversight because she keeps running into situations where Gemma's like, oh, you shouldn't be able to do that. I've made it so that you can't do that. And she's like, well, you didn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because they say the whole because the whole concept of it is Megan is supposed to like learn and grow infinite. It's just like she's supposed to just spend more time with the person she's paired with. And there is like no cap on like the growth of the AI. Like by design. And I'm like, well, that's a bad design. <laughs> yeah. By the time your kid is 15, we're going to have like, we're going to have Dr. Manhattan palling around with a bunch of like 12 and 15 year olds. It, 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 it's going to be awful. Yeah. Absolutely insane. Oh, and another character that we haven't touched on. So David, because I have a question or, or I have like something that I thought of. Uh, so David, uh, the CEO, Ronnie Chang's character has like this assistant named Kurt. Who's just this sort of like bumbly, oafy, like skinny guy. He's like, oh, I I think stuff is really cool. And I like David's always like giving him shit and like throwing stuff at him and shit like that. But at one point in the movie, we get this scene where he Kurt. It's just like Kurt on a computer. And you maybe I misread the scene, but it seems to imply that Kurt is like some sort of corporate spy. And he's stealing all of the files of Megan, like everything about her. Like her schematics. Her- I think this was a part of like the script or the storyline that they ended up scrapping. Yeah, Kurt takes all of the files. But they still kept this and, one like, part about of the Megan, movie. like her design, her code, everything, and saves them to like a different drive, and I think sends them to like himself or something. And the movie leads you to believe that he is going to do a little bit yeah. of corporate espionage, but it doesn't play out that way it, it it's kind of just we never talk about later it. on in a few scenes but like yeah yeah but like so megan kind of like says something about it later but yeah but i i thought we were gonna get a stinger scene at the end of the movie oh that would have been that would have been cool we're like some corporate guy was like ah good thing kurt sent us those files and then it was gonna be like now look at all the Megans we have, <laughs> you know, and it was going to be like a warehouse filled with Megans. I like that. Like, I like we're going to beat them to market. I thought that's where we were going, but they never, but they never touch on it like ever again. 
which I thought was weird. But yeah, you're right. It was probably more developed in like the original script or the original cut and they just got rid of it. I just felt it was weird that they kept that one scene. I guess they were like, just in case we we need like, just leave it in in case we were making a Megan too. Megans. Or as you said earlier, Meg- <laughs> Megan's, which I would love. I would love if the sequel's called Megan. We bring, we bring back Megan to the office and they're trying to figure out like, okay, what the fuck is wrong with Megan? We gotta, we gotta, we gotta fix her. She's fucked up. She kind of leaves. She has that heart to heart with uh, Katie, and she realized like, oh, I have to, I have to take Katie home. I have to go be a good aunt to Katie. I'm gonna leave the the robot here with you guys, Tess and Cole. You guys figure out what the fuck's going. Yeah, after Katie slaps the shit out of Gemma, they they you know have the this like heart to heart where she's like, I'm sorry that I never tried to bond with you. Like I. I wasn't prepared to be a parent, um, but like we both like lost your mom and like, you know, but we, we need to like, you know, come together. It's like a, a really nice, sweet heart to heart. This movie does have like so much soul to it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it, and the performances are just so good. And you really, you know, it's just I, I really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, so they have the heart to heart. They leave. You, like you said, yeah, they look. Uh, Gemma leaves Megan with the other two. Uh, uh, engineers and is like, I'm going home. But she, um, oh, yeah. So she f- calls Tess from the car and has a conversation with Tess, like, oh, you know, I'm going home. Like, do you think you can handle it? Because it is the launch night um, uh, uh, where they're going to like big, have this big presentation about Megan. Um, and so Gemma hangs up the phone with Tess, but then we find out that like it cuts to Tess's phone and like, turns out Megan like Tess was nowhere near and Megan was like talking through the phone as Tess's voice yeah so she used her like voice emulator to copy Tess's voice and kind of like bluetooth her audio into the phone but like it's like almost like psychically she's like psychically bluetoothing in the voice it's weird it's I'm like wow this robot is capable of a lot of stuff. Uh, so then, you know, even at the end of the, the call, she kind of, like, says something that makes uh, Gemma, like, look twice, like, what the fuck was that? Mm. And Tess finds her phone as it's, like, on an uh, the kind of, like, end call screen Yeah. after uh, Gemma, like, hung up. So she's kind of looking at this thing, and she's like, that's fucking weird. Why is my phone going off? Uh, but they have Megan plugged into her... Uh, stigmata apparatus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and they got they got like all these ports and shit plugged into her head, and uh, they're kind of going through the code and they're trying to figure out where things went wrong. And I think what they're looking for specifically is like there's a set of like searches and code that they can review to see how Megan was learning. Yeah, like what keys keywords and key phrases she used to like prompt learning for herself so they're going through the code and they realize like oh what the fuck like she made an outgoing call from my phone copying my phone number how did she do that we gotta get her unplugged and take her apart and figure stuff out so but this is like another thing where i'm like all right we're being kind of loosey-goosey with how technology works because they were like well we have to unplug her because she's she's jacked into the net and i'm like (laughs) doesn't she just like have wireless access to the to the internet like this is what she's been doing the whole time 
but like so they, they uh like tess is like cole go go unplug her and there's this like tense scene where he's like slowly unplugging all of the you know like fucking matrix cords that are connected it's to so her. funny he grabs this long pole that has like a cloth <laughs> roped around the end of it so and, like, that like he her. could prod her yeah he's kind of bapped her in the head he's like <laughs> okay okay so he starts unplugging everything and he's got to move around to the front side of her to unplug this last port and she shoots up and grabs his arm and she unhooks herself from this like uh like looks like, like a little wire, pulley cord yeah, wire that pulley like thing. holds her arms up and she wraps it around Cole's head and then jumps down and pulls the other side up essentially hanging him in like this fucking yeah. garrot noose yeah and he's choking to death and then she unhooks herself totally and goes after uh tess uh, i forget what she does to tess i can't remember how she tries to fight tess either but tess grabs a like hacksaw and like runs over i think she just books it at him oh no yeah she doesn't do anything to tess because tess grabs the hacksaw and goes to cut down cole from the uh from the wire and megan just like uh opens like this i don't know vat of chemicals that is just in the like <laughs> in the office and then like um sets it to like explode and then there's like a big yeah, explosion some sort of gas aerosol thing where uh she leaves like an open flame and they're they're like they finally cut cold down and he's immediately like what's that smell like what is that yeah and then, it, and then the huge fireball in the lab yeah, and then the alarm starts going off, and you get, like, this cool thing where, like, Megan is, like, you get this side shot of Megan walking past the alarm system, and as she walks past it, she just m digitally, like, turns it off. You know, she's just, like, she's hacked. Because, again, she has wireless access. I don't know what this whole thing about, like, unplugging her did for anything. But, like, <laughs> but, yeah, so she, like, turns off the alarms, so that doesn't happen. Oh, and we forgot the whole movie. Megan has this thing where she sings to Katie. Like, she does it multiple times throughout the movie. Um, oh, and like before the night, moments. yeah, the last night that Katie and Megan had like a conversation, Megan was like, I'll always be there to protect you. Nothing can ever stop me. And she sings Titanium. From who, I don't know who sing, was the original singer of Titanium. <laughs> it's like it came out of nowhere. She just like is having this conversation in the dark and then just starts singing Titanium. I'm Titanium. It's like so funny and and weird. Like it just it's like such a bizarre choice that works so that's perfectly. A David Guetta song. Wow, that's funny. Sia is the uh, oh, she's the, the voice. Yeah, that's Titanium. what I thought. That's but what yeah, I thought. It's a David Guetta song. Yeah, dude, so funny. I I love the choice to have her sing in this movie. Yeah, um, that's where we get to really hear the like vocaloid kind of like components of her voice. But man, it is, that shit is so funny because like she has these like really intensely like you know human moments where she's trying to connect with someone and then she like turns into this robot singing yeah, then thing, she just turned like, into a Hatsune Miku <laughs> yeah it's so funny but yeah so now Megan is sort of she's loose right the, there's no alarm going on and this is where we get that so we, we see David and he's like freaking out because he can't find the robot he's calling Gemma Gemma's not answering and he's like where's my robot and this is where we get the like TikTok video the, the the thing everybody knows Megan for is this yeah, like the, it's freaky the dance, dance the that she does, uh, and the trailer pretty much gives you the whole dance. It's not a very long scene. I was hoping it would be like more drawn out and more we'd have more of this weird dancing. That's but, one. Of, that's just like the horse running thing. It's like one of the 
things that this acrobat was just like oh i love to dance like we should make it we should make her dance like it it's super unsettling because she has like this gross real doll face like mm -hmm. let's just you know make her move yeah, but it, apparently uh when they actually filmed this they, the the cgi went over the face but when they actually filmed it they had the actress with just like a bald cap on in the hallway <laughs> yes i saw i did see that um I was, that's when I was so doing funny research. um but yeah, she and so down the hall, everybody's seen it. She pulls the paper slicer blade off the fucking, which machine. is such a good, good weapon. Like, I love the idea of using that as a, as a killing implement because you just never. They're always one of those things that are like around, but and they're clearly like dangerous. But no, you just they're very innocuous. You never really think. Um, so then we have Roy. Excuse me. She's chasing Roy down the hall. She's doing like cartwheels over the fucking over her arm and shit and he's scrambling to get away from her because he's like oh fuck this is not good she kind of corners him in the hallway and she's like slowly approaching him there's a elevator at the end of the hall and it opens up and kurt is in it yeah kurt and <laughs> yeah and david is like david's like hold the door hold the door and kurt's just like close 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 <laughs> she runs the slicer through uh through david through david's back yeah it goes right through <laughs> not super not super gory it's a little cgi blade that pokes out but you know uh then she like because he he was able to stop the the elevator i think right and then uh um, yeah she walks over his corpse and kind of corners him he's like cowering in the corner of this elevator and she's like Oh, hey, remember when you took all those files off the computer and then saved them? But she also, well, yeah, but then she also is like, but then she, she basically gives him the, the explanation of how she's going to set this elevator up to make it seem like, like, oh, you were just a poor, abused employee. It makes sense that you would kill your boss and then yourself, you know? <laughs> and then yeah, she like explains yeah. how she's going to pin everything on him. Yeah, and then the elevator, and then cut to like the 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 main floor where like they're getting set up for this big, you know, uh, release uh, to show off Megan. There's all these people there and press and stuff. It's like a press conference. Yeah, and then the uh, the door elevator door opens and Megan just kind of like slowly walk like leaves, and then somebody eventually like turns around and looks and sees just this like bloody gore fest inside the uh, the elevator. The elevator is like coated with blood, and you know. Uh, everybody screams and starts like freaking out, and Megan just like hightails it out. Oh, doesn't she steal Ronnie's car or yeah. David's car, Ronnie Chang's so, car? As the crowd's dealing with the uh, <laughs> the scene unfolding in the elevator, she walks outside and just hops into this sports car and takes off. Yeah, <laughs> reminded me of that scene wish, in Orphan First Kill where she steals the car and just is like driving, exactly smoking a cigarette. What I, was about to say. Yeah. I wish we could have got the same like shot from Orphan where she's just like head barely up over the steering wheel right just like listening to music and doing a weird megan thing you know that would have been really funny maybe in the in the unrated cut uh but yeah so then now uh cut back to the house uh Gemma's like doing something i think she's put she's put katie to bed she's in her office she like, hears a noise the whole house is dark and then she like, goes out to the kitchen and megan's just like uh Oh, she's like playing the piano, isn't she? She's playing Toy Soldier by Eminem on the uh, piano. <laughs> in like a really like slow uh I didn't even clock tempo. that. 
I was like listening to the tune. I'm like, why do I know this song? And I was like, oh, is this a toy joke? Like the titanium thing? I was like, this is a toy soldier joke. That's funny. Didn't even it's make that connection. Uh, but yeah, so she's like kind of skulking around in the dark trying to like figure out what's going on. And then she flips on a switch and there's this, there's Megan at this little white piano, which I didn't see the rest of the movie. Where the fuck did this piano go? I don't from? know. Did she steal it on her way up to, she brought it into the house? I don't know. <laughs> Megan gets <laughs> just out of the, for the gag. car and just <laughs> and fucking lifts this whole child piano overhead and carries it in the front door. <laughs> All in complete silence. Um, so she's kind of like slow approaching Megan. She's like, Megan, what the fuck are you doing here? What's <laughs> yeah, she said it just happening? like that. <laughs> so she's slowly approaching Megan and Megan's kind of like, you know, hey, you can't take me away from Katie. It's not how this is going to go down. Like, you know, you had to have known that like I was going to come to protect Katie and you're a bad guardian. Like you clearly aren't prepared to like raise a kid she's trying to like shit talk her yeah but she's also like listen i don't want to i don't want to hurt you like we can do this together just work yeah. with me here yeah. um like kate uh then like she Gemma tries to like get away or like do something and like megan well, she be- tries the pen thing she like leads her over to the table where like she can grab um uh, a pen and oh she- and she like slaps out of her hands she's like come on Gemma, be serious with me yeah, so she's like, look at the pen, and she's like, oh, and then as soon as she goes for her, like, neck, she, like, grabs her hand, she's like, bitch, you thought. Yeah, she's, like, it's very it's very funny, she's got the upper hand, she, like, slams Gemma down on the table, and then, like, Katie, like, comes out, and she's like, she's like, Gemma, is something wrong? And Megan goes, like, uh, like, she doesn't want her to see, Katie to see her, like, in this, you know, threatening I mode. Think, I think she says, if you say anything make a move i will rip your face off so help me god yeah she does say like something like that it, it, and <laughs> so Gemma's like uh nothing's wrong i'm just uh working on megan she's just, just doing some diagnostic stuff and then megan's like yes katie just go to bed you don't want to see me like this like everything's okay and Gemma's like yeah just go to sleep and katie's just like all right and just <laughs> just closes or she's like good night uh, and then, like more, like more struggle ensues. Uh, Gemma like escapes, and uh, like she smashes her over the head with the water, uh, the glass of water on the table. Yes, and she starts and, like to... that kind of like short circuits her for a second, and she's stuck there. And so Gemma like peels her gross hot dog fingers off of her neck, and uh, sn- like sneaks out just in time. Yeah. And for you're telling me Megan this... to come back online. You're telling me. You built this advanced robot and this thing ain't waterproof. Yeah, right. After like what the, if like what happens if, if they're outside the in beginning? the rain? <laughs> That's it. Megan <laughs> dies. I didn't even think about that. That's so <laughs> funny. <laughs> like what the fuck? You have this fucking uh, Herculean uh titanium android girl and she's a glass of water. Of water. She gets she gets she gets uh, signs so the water saves the day. <laughs> But uh, so so yeah, like Gemma gets away because uh, the robot is short circuited. Uh, but she only gets so far. She gets like down the hallway, and then Megan like springs back up and like uh, slams her against the wall or something, and it like wakes uh, wakes Katie up. Um, and then you know Megan continues to chase Gemma into her her little workshop, 
where they're just like throwing things at each other. Uh, all oh, sorts man, of. This is where Megan walks forward. One arm pushes the table like right across the room. This is another one of those weird physics things for uh, how much does uh, like how Megan strong is weigh. this robot and how much does she weigh? So like for her to enact a force strong enough to push that table away, that would mean she is pushing that like much pressure into the floor. And if yeah. she weighs like nothing, then she has to be made of something way stronger than titanium because she would have pushed this table and gone half as far the other direction. Yeah, I'm no physicist, but it, does, it doesn't seem right unless she's very heavy. And then that kid it, earlier in the movie should not have been able to just walk off of it. But uh, No one should be able to pick <laughs> her up. <laughs> yeah, maybe, but you know what? She does probably have to be light because what if, like, Megan falls on the kid she's taking care of and, like, crushes him to death or something, you know? Like, oh, 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 that, no. That's a liability. Yeah, uh... I just don't believe that you can make something out of titanium that big and it doesn't weigh the size of like, you know, a, I don't a know. Missile. I don't know what it what titanium weighs. But but anyway, so there's you know, th this is the big like climactic fight scene. Uh, I don't know if like any I think Megan like pulls a bunch of like hair off Gemma and like like one of those like scalpy kind of scenes. Um, oh, yeah, she's ripping her apart. But uh, uh, oh, this is what Gemma, Gemma, Gemma gets the chainsaw get out. The it's like one of those little. It's not like a chainsaw. It's no, like it's like a weed. Little, like, it's one of those. Yeah, it's like a sawtooth, like shrub trimmer thing, but it's like really long. And like, there's just this. Like, Megan has like a hammer or like a knife or something. And there's like this little, like, kind of like weapon battle ensues. And Gemma manages to like get get on top of uh, Megan and like starts slicing at her face. And so like now she's got this big Chucky like sideways scar on her face. Um, but again, there's no way this thing is made out of advanced metal. There's no way this weed trimmer is going to do anything. Um, oh, and the, it get, her hair gets caught in it and gets ripped off. So now she's also bald and horrific. Looking. But yeah, so the 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 fight continues uh, uh, and Megan gets like the upper hand on Gemma and she's like strangling her or something. She's like about to kill her. And then like Katie comes in and is like, like, Megan, stop. And then Megan's like, oh, I'm sorry that you have to see me like this. But, you know, it can be just you and me now, right? Like she says something like that, like I'll take care of you. Uh, It'll and, just be us. Yeah, and this is what, and this is when, like I knew was gonna happen the second he was introduced. Katie is like, we forgot to tell you about our the the other family member in the house, and she like lifts her hands and she's got the power gloves on. She goes, say hello to Bruce, and then like there's this full on like robot like rock'em sock'em robot fight where <laughs> she uses Bruce to like beat the shit out of Megan and then like rips her in half and like just tosses oh the two halves God. of She's Megan tossing her around the room so hard <laughs> it's so funny it's great and it's like man Katie turned on Megan like on a dime one heartfelt conversation with Gemma and she was like yeah I'll rip my best friend in half whatever just, no just... amount of Megan's panzer Kuntz robot taekwondo <laughs> can possibly compare to the strength yeah, she of is she is going going nuts on this thing she like rips the robot's head off but i mean it like it doesn't matter and like so you, she gets just torn in half and she's like thrown into the corner of the room and then uh katie goes to Gemma, but obviously in true chucky fashion that is it's so the fun the music <laughs> swells and they're like oh Wow, that was something. I'm really glad you didn't die. And then immediately cuts to fucking Megan clawing her way up over a tipped bookshelf. Yes. Half of her 
Just, yeah, like fucking Charles Lee Ray himself just comes clawing back from the dead. Uh, and I forget, how did they, like, finally finish her off? So she jumps on top, uh, and they get her faceplate off. Oh, right. And, and, like, her, like, brain chip is, like, visible, and Katie, like, gets a, uh, uh, like, a screwdriver and just stabs her right into the microchip that, like, I guess is all of the, the thing that makes her function. I guess it's set up the way Bruce's face is set up. So like when they introduce us to Bruce, they tell us like, okay, these two parts are for this. And this part is for this. And it's like, the, and here's his underneath brain. Her face plate is like the same style yeah. as his. Yeah. It's like, okay, those are the lasers and there's the like spectrometer and there's the like CPU brain. So, and that's, that's the end of Megan. Katie stabs her right in the face. Um, and then like, the police, bunch like, cops arrive. bunch of cops arrive, and I'm like, who called the police? And it was, it was the, uh, cause I was like, Gemma is gonna have a hell of a time trying to explain this. Uh, but it's Tess and Cole both survived the explosion. Cole's like, gives her a thumbs up. He's all singed. And Tess is like, He's, I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's why I wish they gave him more speaking parts. He's like, got such a good delivery yeah, and he's, he's got like really a fun, funny. he can do fun voices. Like, I don't know why they just like, cut him down to like thumbs up and yeah, like head yeah. nod like it's a shame but I'm no, gonna send but you it, some of his stuff after we record he's definitely. hilarious but yeah so and I mean that's pretty much the that's like a wrap for the movie right like the you get the the police show up everybody's safe and alive and then it, I think it's like straight to credits from there right like there's is there any other scenes um yeah I'm pretty sure it just goes to credits and then we have uh the little cut in in the post credits where like uh, Gemma and Katie walk out the front door and the camera kind of like slow zooms into the like from the foyer into the like kitchen where like the little AI bot that controls like the house is. And oh, it kinda just yeah. Slow turns like out towards the camera a little bit. Right. Like as if Megan has like uploaded herself to the cloud, you know, but mm -hmm. but but yeah. So hopefully so like two things. They're still, like, they have to be facing some sort of criminal charge, right? The three of them, because, like, people died, at, like, at the hands of this, like, you know, it was their creation. There has to be some sort of liability involved here, right? Like, I, I mean, there's some, there's got to be some level of criminal negligence, but there's also probably, at this point, it's probably on the uh, toy company. That toy company's probably got good lawyers, though, right? Yeah, so. It's probably on the toy company. Like, yeah, I guess granted, you're right. it's a it's a model they developed like out of contract. Like they were supposed to be working on the other thing and spent all their money on. Yeah, Megan, but they so. did go. But they were then once they that had that presentation, they were quickly in contract with them. So I guess yeah. But yeah, so this is and and this is it. This is where I thought we were gonna have a stinger scene. Like I said, where we get like a a a, a rival toy company. Also, they threw shade at Hasbro. They were like, we're gonna kick Hasbro's ass with this toy. And I was like, that's. I think they said cool. Hasbro's uh, dick. I yeah. think they said we're going to yeah. punch Hasbro right in the dick. Yes, that's what they said. Um, but yeah, I thought we were going to get like a rival toy company, like a warehouse. We're like, ah, oh, we're ready for product. We're like, we're ready to ship. And then there was going to be like a warehouse full of Megans. And that was like, I, I thought that's where we were going with that whole like stealing the files thing. And it's highly possible, like you said, that that was originally intended. But yeah, so maybe we'll see yeah, that kind of thing in a different cut of them. It just seemed like there was going to be such like bigger emphasis on it, but like it, it, it was like, I, it might have been something where like they, they needed to kill the character and like they needed a way to get both of him and the director killed at the same time, and it could have been yeah. like, oh, let's write in scenes about 
him stealing the files so we can justify her like yeah having knowledge to kill him that makes sense who knows but but yeah but i do so i do hope we get a sequel and i think this movie is going to be successful enough that we it's it's probably pretty likely but if we i mean it's already in the green like opening weekend but if we do get a sequel, I don't I, I want Megan's like I want just like an army of Megan's physical robots. I don't want a movie where she's like a ghost in the cloud affecting like stuff. You know, like I don't I don't want that. I don't want that movie. I'd much rather just have an army of them. Looks like just based on what they made gross from the US and Canada covers almost all of their budget. Their budget was like 11 million or excuse me, 12 million, and r- right now they're at 11. Worldwide, they're at 15, so Damn. they're already making money off this thing this weekend. Well, good for them. I mean, but we, the the marketing was so strong for this movie, I, I really wasn't, I, I'm not that surprised. Totally makes sense. But yeah, that's so that's Megan. I think it's a total go go watch, go to theaters. Definitely, like, if you can see it in theaters, it's super worth it. It's just like a fun fun movie it doesn't take itself too seriously but it there is a lot of heart uh and just like really and it's got some good scares it's not the bloodiest movie you know so anybody who's looking for like a big robo gore fest you know not that might not be what you're gonna get but it's still in my opinion a, a great great movie a solid i'd say i'd give it like an eight yeah i think this is this is probably like a six and a half seven for me uh i i really like i was gonna it. say seven or eight i don't think it detracts from the quality of the movie it's i think it's really good i just i'm i'm not usually the like haunted doll uh rogue ai like storyline type i just don't find it particularly compelling or interesting or visually interesting to look (laughs) at like but this was really really well put together i think it was one of the funnier movies i've seen in a long time but like in a way that's contextualized like it's not funny because they're delivering these hilarious punchlines it's it's funny because the humor is baked into like the the the, dna of the scenarios definitely and i think it rules i think you should see it in theaters i I, even if you just get to go see like 15 (laughs) children like crying in theaters like that's also their parents didn't (laughs) think about what movie they were going to that's worth price of admission i'll i'll give it a, a seven seven between seven and eight um, I want to give our, uh, it's the first movie of the year, so I want to give us room to move it to, to go up, you know, if we get some real bangers, you know, I'm saving my, I'm saving my perfect scores for like the evil dead. And stuff. <laughs> but, uh, it, Ooh, great, I saw great a longer trailer for that. Oh, it looks so good. Dude. Trailer for that. It looks so good. Yeah. That's, that's definitely a future episode right there. It will definitely be covered. But yeah, so that's Megan. We got any, uh, final cuts over here, Eric? Last thing, any stuff, uh, not Megan related that, you got going on um let's see i did just start watching the possession that movie i was telling you about that's on shutter uh. that like everyone is talking about mm-hmm. it's very creepy and weird um i i'm i haven't finished it i got about an hour to go still <laughs> is it like a long movie but is that why you haven't it's longer than i thought it was like a little over two hours oh that's pretty long uh, I'm tr- I'm trying to figure out if it's going to be a fun movie for us to get to watch with everybody or if it's going to be one of those movies where they're like, why did Eric do this uh, to us again? <laughs> and where, this is on Shudder? Yes. Okay. So yeah, the possession on Shudder. Yeah, I guess, you know, if any of you watch it, you can tweet at us. Let's see. I have purchased and we will be playing on stream after. So we on, on Twitch, uh, we have, we're in the middle of playing High on Life. 
And then we're going back to uh, to horror because we have to finish uh, and play through Evil Within 2. But after that, I have the next game we're going to do. Uh, we're going to, I because I am super late to the party on it, but we're going to be doing Bendy and the Ink Machine. Ooh, fun. Yeah, because the be sequel. That's, this, that's a lot different from the other stuff we've been playing, too. Yeah, and, and the sequel just came out. So, uh, and it has like really good reviews. So I want to, I want to see what this Bendy thing is all about. A good, fun, uh, cartoony horror. Uh, other than Twitch, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at the Devil's Cup Pod. Trying to get on a decent schedule with uploads. Yeah, the, the holidays threw us for a bit of a loop. We're still working on getting back to Tuesday, right? But uh, no, bear with us. Yeah, but other than that, we're on like pretty much every streaming platform as far as podcasts go. So let your friends know and yeah, rate, give us a like, rate, review. review. Yeah. That would really majorly help us out. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, and we'll catch you next time on the Devil's Cut. Ooh.